Previously on AFTN. I am <laughs> absolutely shitting myself that England are going to win this. No, what? Oh, get, at least get through the semis? Be- or at least get to the final because they have got a pretty easy run. Come on, Colombia. Well, Colombia. The only thing is. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> the only thing is. is <laughs> <laughs> again and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. We're broadcasting on CITR Radio. If you listen to this show on the podcast, this is episode 282. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And Zach has just handed me a bag of goodies. Let's just have a, a look to see what's in here. It's food related. To the AFTN crew, you can explain a little bit of this. Oh, this is from uh, Kunaran. Oh, nice. No. Strip waffles. These are all in packages. There's no food <laughs> out in the studio. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll stress. Oh, these look fantastic. You should probably, you should probably read the card first. I, I will. <laughs> I always look at the gifts first. Oh, really? Uh, this is a cool. I can't eat anything just now because I'm on a 10 hour fast because I have to get some medical tests done tomorrow morning. But as, <laughs> soon as, as soon as they're done, I'll be shoving these down my throat hole. It's just quality radio. This is going to be as good as me looking through a Panini album with Stefan Marinovich later in the show. <laughs> so let's see. It says, Thanks, dear AFTN crew. Thanks for your dedication and hard work on these pre and post podcasts. Since I became a Caps fan, your podcasts have been a weekly routine I enjoy. I appreciate all your soccer cultural quirks, even Michael's dislike for the Dutch national team. I, I don't dislike them, it's just they're not my favourites. Well, of course, like there's only going to be one favourite. Yes. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> one of the AFTN bits I enjoy is the chocolate digestives piece. So to show my appreciation for AFTN... My willingness to take the Dutch taunting and to share my cultural duck dunking treats. Enjoy these with your favourite hot beverage tonight. Thanks, guys. She made my day. Conrad Bugaluk. Conrad Bugaluk. <laughs> at Cohen, B-E-U-G-L-L-I-N-K. I think it is, on Twitter. His writing's nearly as good as yours. <laughs> Thanks, Conrad. Thank you so much for that, Conrad. That is, that is really nice. And if you do want to, to send any gifts... To the AFTN team, you can send them in to the the CITR studios. We we've got a 
a lonely oh, looking yeah, inbox. I keep okay. checking my hole every week, nothing's in it. And yeah, fill, fill my hole for me. Maybe That'd that's nice. why you need the medical test. That, that could be, yeah, that could be. <laughs> oh, but man. yeah, as soon as I've had those tomorrow, I'll be eating those. So thank you so much. I'll have it with her. Well, that's nice that's if Steve and I don't eat them all tonight. Oh, that, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And I was going to have a special chocolate digestive segment for tonight, but I didn't bring it, unfortunately. Um, we'll bring that for next week. But we do have a lot to get through to on the show tonight. We're going to look at the, the Whitecaps win against Chicago. We're going to look at some Whitecaps news from the week, talk World Cup, have a couple of interviews and a lot more besides. So, as always, we will kick things off with the Whitecaps and happy days are here again. The summer bump, I'm going to start calling it. Whitecaps put aside their disappointing two losses to to come away with a hard fought in the end 3-2 win over Chicago Fire. And I, I know we go through the, the games a, a, a lot in these. I'm wanting to mix things up. I'm a bit bored just going through it, like what's happened. So we're just going to kind of talk about some of the main talking points and just combine some things. But straight off the bat, I mean, what, what did you make of that yesterday? Well, I didn't watch live. I was at a wedding. So, uh, I well, I followed part of it live and then... I could have swore I'd seen you in the stands. Oh. No. Oh. No, no. That I, I explains was Sm- why Bastian managed to get off to the pitch in time. I uh, I was at Smitty's wedding. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, it was... It, to be honest, it felt uh, kind of like a, a... You know, score effect is a thing or whatever, but like it felt like the Whitecaps uh, did really well in the first half in terms of creating chances, something they, they did against Colorado without uh, scoring, obviously. Uh, but they, they, got on, they, got on, they got on the board. A disappointing goal to give up. Which to me, there's at least because because of the poor angles, there's at least a hint of offside on the on the Chicago goal. There's also a hint that Fonzie carried the ball over the the byline for yes. and, and the actually second, and, and actually the opening goal from Whitecaps was was started after a foul on Bastian Schweinsteiger that was not called. Uh, watching MLS refereeing this this last like week or week and a half, man, mm. it's terrible. It is really bad. Even at the World Cup. But we'll come with that when we get to our yeah. World Cup section. No. So, anyway, sorry. So the, I felt like the Whitecaps did great in the first half, created tons, uh, should have had more. At, the, at the, the final whistle, I felt they were fortunate to get three points. Yeah, they, they certainly held on towards the end. I mean, going into it, it was, it was much was made that it was two evenly matched teams. They kind of had the same records. There wasn't much to to go between them and shots, goals conceded, goals scored, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, evenly matched teams when it comes to record, sure, but not the makeup of their squad. Their squad building has done been done very differently. Oh, yeah, I mean, we've obviously got the classier players. We've got world-class players. Is that what you're meaning? No. Yeah, you know we what had I mean. two guys that were nearly at the World Cup. <laughs> and a guy that was, but couldn't play. Hmm, exactly. But... I wouldn't have been surprised if it finished a draw going into it. The way that it was ending, as you say, I wouldn't have been surprised if it had finished with a draw after it. But no, Nikolic has missed at the end. Yeah. Right? I mean, the Cavs played well. Squandered some early chances, and you started to think, oh, no, here, here we go again. Kamara especially. Yeah. Kamara, the, the, there was a four-minute span where he missed three chances. Uh, the one, that the lobbing one, which obviously is a little difficult to do, but and he looked frustrated. Oh, he, like, flopped to the ground. Well, but, the, I mean, even Fonzie in alone. Like that needs to be a goal. I know it was a nice save and off the post and whatever, but that that needs yeah, to that be needs a goal. To be, that needs to be finished too. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, first half, 
White Caps certainly looked a better team. Kamara opened the scoring on the 28th. You felt it was deserved. They'd, they'd go and push on. They nearly did. Fonzie rattled one off, off the crossbar. Bat post, I don't know. But it was, it was touched onto it anyway. Touched onto the woodwork. Yeah. Then they went 3-1 up and you thought, okay, it's home and dry. <laughs> Made hard work of that. This just feels like a team, though, right now that has to score three goals if they're going to get three points. Because they, and that's they, not sustainable. They, they shut down. They make really stupid errors when they're when they're up. They, I don't know if they, they get they get lazy, but something in their mind switches off on the defensive side and allowing other teams to get back in. Look at the goal just before the half. Um, that was like a complete switch off. Off well, you, you called the, that. I did. Like. Ten seconds, five to ten seconds before. Literally, the words had just come out of his mouth. Of oh, this is a it crucial was, five minutes now. They're going to have to hold on and not do anything silly. One, two. Oh, there we go. It's the equalizer. <laughs> it, was, it was basically when he threw, when he was throwing it in, and once he threw it in, what Ellis I think it was yeah. just yeah. blew by Felipe, and then found Nikolic in the middle. But it, but it's not sustainable to have to score no. these many no, goals. It's not, and no. it's like you look. We beat Orlando. Yeah, we scored five. Gave up two that. Yeah. So we had to score three or more again. And it's like all those 2-2 draws. To get the wins in that, we had to score more than two goals. And this... And it's great. It's entertaining. It's what fans wanted. They wanted more entertaining games. But you cannot go through the business end of the season needing to score that amount of goals. Because we know know what happens when it comes to the Cup. Yeah. It doesn't matter who's in the defence either. It's like we're just shipping goals. The fans are really happy, though, because they got their free haircut. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you and I obviously and, doesn't and a slushy us. too. And the referee wasn't overly. It, it doesn't help me either. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, you, yeah. You, do, you do get your slushy. Oh, I do. But <laughs> let's just look, look at the three white cats goals. Just kind of combine those. We won't break them down individually. So Kamara got two of them. First one, probably from about a yard out. And Jordy helped out. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah, Jordy did the hard work in that. I thought Alfonso did hard work. He didn't well, give yeah. up on the play and he kept working at it. True. I mean, we, who, we, who made the pass to Reyna originally? That's because he went in through on goal, right? It was Reyna who went in through on goal. Fonzie picked it up, then passed it over to Reyna. Reyna had the shot, and then the rebound was kind of put in off Kamara's diving. I'm sure in. who made that initial pass, but I mean, I think I think it might have been one of the three. It was, it was just Fonzie three. did so well because. A lot of young players would just try to look to get a shot. Yeah. He didn't even look towards no. the goal. He just had one thing in his mind, which was to man. set someone else yeah. up. Now, that was good. Reina did well. Unbiased hat. You have to feel sorry for a keeper that makes a save like that, yeah. oh, and then yeah. it falls straight to the, the feet of someone like Kai Kamara. It was, a, it was a respectable save, just parried a little bit in the unfortunate direction. Yeah. Then Jordan Much got the second with a, a goal that... I thought he was going to miss it. He waited so long to put that away. Yeah. It's, it's his unfamiliarity with the turf, clearly, when he's like, please stop spinning. Please stop moving. Yeah. When do I hit this? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. His left foot, then, yeah. yeah. Steve must have been so happy with the setup from Efren Juarez, that nice little ball over the top. No, it was a nice setup. Efren nice. Juarez, 100% completed passes over the 90 minutes. I think only the fourth MLS player in history to go ninety minutes. Now were they complete hundred percent? Were they June Marcus Davison type passes, or were they? Well, obviously the one <laughs> pass cares? to Jordan Much was a solid pass. That was a very inventive and and, and uh, broke the game for me. And then Kamara got the third as well. Now, I yeah. criticised Kamara last week for looking a little bit off. I still don't think he is the Kamara that we know he can be. Those 
were two scrappy goals. Even the second one, I mean, he did yeah. well to get it out of his feet. Yeah, but he it, it looked awkward. It still yeah, looked awkward. It looked awkward. Yeah. But it went in. So yeah, and yeah. it was a, a one-yard t- tapping, slightly further than Octavio Rivero <laughs> with his one-inch tapping. But the, was the ball out? I've seen photos. Of, like, I, I don't know if they were doctored or what. I, I don't know. It, it, looked, it certainly looked out. Someone else said the, the ball was kind of hovering over yeah, the line. From, so. from the angle, you can't tell. And that's why it wasn't clear and obvious because yeah. you have to have a, a really close up and from a little higher up. The, the angle of the shot was almost field level. Yeah. And it, that can play uh, tricks I mean, on you. When well, you're it was brightly that. set up by Davies. But yeah. just minutes before that, he'd set up another one exactly the same by cutting it back. And there was no one in the box. Yeah, they'd moved too far in. And that was something which we'd complained about earlier in the season. I talked to Robo about it. And it we seemed to have turned a corner where we were finally getting bodies in the box and behind the main person that was going to get it so that if they missed it, there was someone there to mop it up. But to have a break like that, and to cut it back and there not to be anyone in the box is criminal. To send crosses into the box that go over the first guy's head and there's no one behind them is criminal. And it's like we were screaming, come on, get in the box. What is wrong with you? Thankfully for the th- the, th- the third goal, Kamara had done that. But it just seemed to be a case of the same old, same old. And that was the same for the equaliser as well. It's like, again, not closing out a half, not having their head screwed on slack defending not picking people up and just letting a a sloppy goal in and we just can't do that if we want to be a playoff team no 100% agree with that yeah they have to it's been not just like we said this this game all the games every goal they've given up there's been something that's switched off and something that can be corrected it's a matter of they do whether they do correct it going forward because they need to, like you said, they can't score that many yeah. goals every game. I mean, we squandered a, a three-on-one break as well. Oh, yeah. And that's not the first time this year we have had at least one, often two men over and you, on a break. And, and you mentioned it too, like yeah, as, like, as oh, they were yeah. running up the field. Like, like, how are they going to mess yeah, this we, one up? We've seen this before. We use a little yeah. bit of yeah, co- colourful language. Yeah. But. Yes. How are they bleeping going to mess this one up? Oh, we're after oh. nine, we can still swear. Um, Alphonse but, also had the yeah, one where... He uh, messed that one up. Yeah, he also had the one where... I mean, he's got to continue to work on his crossing, yeah. but it, his right foot. Like, he's done some good things with his right foot, but he had that one where he he smashed it on his right foot, and he, that's yeah, on his yeah. left foot. But we can't expect him to be the finished article, but it's no, things no. like that, no, no, that no, do a, show yeah. where he still needs to yeah, go and where a, he needs to grow. It's an area that he can improve, and if he does, he'll, he'll be you know that much better. Like, he'll, he'll be that much yeah. more valuable to his future team. One thing I did like, though, is... And we talked about it last week, not wanting to compare Davies with Mbappe. But <laughs> the way that France use Mbappe of running through the middle, the Cavs had a lot of chances where they were going through the middle. They weren't using the wings as much. They were running straight through the middle of the park. And I liked it, and I thought it was very effective. Maybe they saw something in Chicago's team that they, they saw they could take advantage of that middle. Maybe there's the, Possibly. Maybe the centre-backs aren't as fast as other teams. And you give more room for the full-backs to yeah. Yeah. wind up, yeah. We should have been coasting at 3-1. Then, Tony. Ha- hats off to Tony Chani. We've seen him score a few like that in Whitecaps colours. And he didn't even celebrate. No. Although he, he did the hands Steve up. Steve yeah. did point out he's he not has gonna, had so many clubs now. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's not going to be able to celebrate any yeah. more goals going <laughs> at, forward. At, at some point, yeah. Which I think we might have reached peak. Oh, I can't, can't celebrate now at all. <laughs> How many teams is it? Five, six? I don't know. It, feel, it feels, to... feels a lot more. But yes, oh, it's yeah. about five or six. Five or six, yeah. But we spoke to him after the game. I haven't bothered putting the audio in the show. And Harmy were asking him, oh, did it Did it feel good to to get that? And he didn't want to say yes. So then I pushed him with, with 
well, the, the trade that came up, Whitecats had brought in all those midfielders. Did you feel your time here was numbered? No, he didn't. Oh. The trade to Chicago came as a big surprise to him. I was surprised by him saying that. I was like, oh, okay really? then. <laughs> really? Yeah. We all thought you were we going. All, we, yeah. <laughs> Especially with your salary. Yeah. But yeah, great goal. But as we talked about at the start, Chicago nearly oh. got the points. There was a couple of places. The bar. Well, great, great save. Save by Rowe. Rowe. Yeah. Uh, Nikolic, though. The Nikolic. He race. has to, to bury that. Yeah. There's, he, and you, you could see it on his face, yeah. right? Like how he knew. That was the game. But He's never going to make the World Cup if he doesn't finish those chances. What is, though, the inability to close out games, halves even? We just seem to switch off. Is it a mental thing that they have to, to work on to get 90 minutes, 95 minutes? You have to play for that 95 minutes. They just seem to be like, okay, we, that's us with one. Then they let a goal in, and the other team's just laying seas yeah. on the goal. Well, I can't remember when it was now, but it seems like maybe the last road win or there was one other recent one-goal win at home where they did. They, like, took the ball to the corner. I think it was their last road win. They were taking the ball to the corner. They were keeping possession. You were just like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. This is, feels crazy. Um, but in this this game, that, that didn't happen. They were, no. they were under siege. They, they were really lucky to come away with it, but I think, do we agree it was a deserved three points? I think so. Because any points is a deserve three points. I hmm. think on the the, ba- <laughs> the balance. No, yeah, I would say, I'm not say any points. No, but, uh, yeah, uh, on the on the balance, I think it's yeah. I think it's fair, they did but, enough to get the three. But points. I, I, I just, in do. the same breath, I think Chicago should feel like we should have got something out of that game. Yeah. Or sorry, we should have got more than what we got out of that game. Well, let's hear what their coach had to say. I I went to the the Chicago locker room after the game, so we're going to hear from both head coaches now. We're going to hear from Chicago's Ponovich. And of course, Robo. An even game, I guess, between two teams uh, heading into this looked pretty even on paper. Just what were your thoughts of the match? Well, I'll speak about my team. I I think it was pretty much um, clear that we wanted to, from the beginning, we wanted to uh, get points here and we played to to expose a little bit, uh, not a little bit, but much more their their weaknesses. But I think um, at the end, uh, I can say that I'm proud of the effort of the, of the team, and we were the team that we are. We all we were always showing so far this season in in, in the good and, and in the bad. Um, I think in the good things. The positives is, are that we always have the reaction. We always uh, try to play our way. Uh, we we never give up. But on the other side, we put ourselves in too many times in that situation that we have to fight. We have to go against the um, you know negative result and, and all that stuff. It that that's been that's been uh, pretty much the whole season like that. But as I said, very. Very proud of the effort, the character. At the end, we pushed forward. We we had um, we had chances to tie the game, and um, that's it. The, the situation you're in just now with injuries and players missing, does it look like it's going to get better for you anytime soon? We don't give excuses. We just move forward. It's um, you know, it's 
it's the part of the game and you know we are proud of the guys who are playing and they're giving their best there is no, no excuse for for things that we don't control like injuries are something that that happened but also to be honest you know we had uh, we had enough time to prepare and to 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 work together so we can we can improve and we improved i think this team despite the result today we showed very good uh, and positive uh, football in many opportunity many many occasions today but uh, you know it's just it's uh, like we said always it's what we are right now and sometimes we are capable of um, handling our weaknesses better and sometimes like today we were just um, a little bit innocent especially considering the second goal very early in the second half where we actually had had the control of the game and uh, that that's that, that that's been in the past and we are getting better with that but still we have to work on it you're the team just now you're holding on the sixth, the sixth playoff spot everyone's gunning for you just now what's your message to the guys now for the second half of the season well to be more consistent uh, as i said we have to do less of we we haven't been doing well and more of what we we've been doing well and and i think the the most important thing is that this is the the most important part of the season from now everything's going to become more difficult there will be more urgency from all the all the teams fighting for the spot being right on the edge like you said i think that puts you in a situation that you know that you're the team to beat in every game and uh, there is a lot in play and we have to be at our, at our best we have to prepare there is no time and as i said no excuses for anything but I believe that our locker room uh, gets that and and is actually doing our best. We are doing our best and we are we are improving. And I think uh, the experience and um, how good we the work we did in the past and how good we did that. I, I think that's going to be the, the key point right now. Stick together. I think we have a very good group. I think the guys now after six months working together, they know each other better and uh, they like each other better. And more, and that's that's helpful. I think that's that is what is going to be that that how that is how the team should be, a good team, and uh, that is going to be something that will um, take uh, guide us through through the rest of the season for sure. Yeah, very pleased. I thought we played very well in certain periods of the game. I thought we missed a lot of chances again. Uh, made it difficult for ourselves in the end. At 3-1, it was out of sight, the game, and we should have put it to bed, but we didn't. Um, made it a little bit interesting, and they missed a guilty chance at the end. But I think we thoroughly deserved the victory. I thought we knew it would be a difficult game. They're a very, very good team uh, with key players in key areas. Um, but we've done well to limit them. So, uh, all round good day. World-class play by Davies on the third goal there. Are there, are there many guys in the world who make that play? <laughs> well, there's a few of them, yeah. I think you're watching the World Cup, and then you see lots of them. But prior to that, Two minutes earlier, he done exactly the same thing and put it, pulled it back into that area and there was no one there and it was driving me mad. And two minutes later, he does it and Kai pops up. So we just need to be better at final third play because when you know, you've got players like that, Fonzie, you can do that, then you're going to get chances. But not just Fonzie, I thought Jordi Reyna was, was the best player on the field today. It, it seems nitpicking to talk about missed chances when you know you're producing so many of them, but it's kind of been a recurring theme, has it not? What? How how do you correct that? 
Can I just give you a one-word answer? Yes. Yeah. It has. Um, how do you correct it? You just keep working. You keep believing. You keep uh, trying to instill the players with confidence. Players are human beings. Uh, and, you know, you can go on all the coaching courses in the world you want. You can try and listen, read all the books you want. But it's about knowing people and it's about knowing individuals. And each individual is different. You know, the way I treat Jordi Rayner is different to the way I treat Kendall Waston because of the characteristics and personality of each player. So you have to instill them with confidence. You have to make them aware if they're not doing the job correctly. But if they're doing the job correctly and it's not going their way, then you can't just throw them under the bus, as you say. So, you know, it's important with Kai. You know, and I specifically use Kai because he gets two goals today. He probably should have got two goals last week, which he didn't. But so should have Jordi and so should have Fonzie and, and people like that. So across the board. But can we be better in that area? 100%. But we can also be better at defending our own box as well. The gaffers there. I I like speaking to Ponovich. I've spoken to him a couple of times now, and he he's a good guy. I don't think I've ever spoken to him. I'm not sure. I, I haven't. I think you've stolen him every time. Probably. It's the beard. I just love it. But it was a much-needed win for the Caps. They had dropped out the playoff positions going into the game. They're back up to sixth now, eighth, though still on points per game. We know it only takes a few wins together to kind of move up the table considerably. But just to wrap this section up, do the Whitecaps feel like a playoff team right now? I would say they're they're in, they're in the battle. The only thing is there's a couple of teams that are below them um, that I think you know, go on a run and they're they're really yeah. past the Whitecaps. But there's a couple of teams ahead, uh, FC Dallas, RSL, who could – just drop out, out of nowhere and just drop all their points. And they and then, so the White Caps are kind of like right on the border, I think, at this point. Last week, last week, after, after like I think I mentioned it on the podcast, mm-hmm. I called it, I said, this is the playoffs are over. Then the next day, I was like, eh, maybe not. Yeah, I would agree that it feels like they're on the cusp of it. The, the thing, though, you got to look at it as, uh, in one sense, you, you think those who are setting the expectations within the, the organization, they're doing exactly what they said they want to do. They want to just make the, they want to make the playoffs and see where things lead. They do not feel like unless they get very fortunate or every single player plays at or above their levels that they will be able to advance uh, far or deep into the into the MLS playoffs. So in yeah. one in one sense, they're doing exactly what they said they would do or what they set out to do. On the other on the other on the other side of that, which we talked about last week, is I don't think that's really good enough for the the supporters it's, and the fans. It's also, in a dangerous game. Yeah, totally. Because totally. if you're if you're targeting that fifth and sixth spot and it's tight between five, well, six teams. Well, th- to be fair, they wouldn't say they're targeting those fifth and no, sixth spots. But, but they'd be happy enough. Which I, I mean, anything in the top six I'd be happy with because it is about what you do once you get there. For me, it's all about consistency. If they don't find it, it doesn't matter but, if they make the playoffs. But like playoffs, we said last week, I, I, be one I, well, and the only problem I have with you saying that is I know deep down you value trophies. And so saying that for, first and, and the supporter shield isn't, uh, I don't. I don't target. class the support shield as a trophy. Yeah, I, I, trophy. Yeah, I don't it's think because they don't get anything out of it. <laughs> it's, a, it's just something you put your drinks on. Okay. Anyway, we'll be back with more Whitecaps chat after this. Hi, I'm Jordan Much, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. 
love again. All things go, all things go. Drove to Chicago. All things know, all things know. The lovely Sufjan Stevens there. Really big fan of his stuff. It's so beautifully melodic and some of it's really personal as well. He's got a couple of state-themed albums, one of them being Come On, Feel the Illinois, and that was Chicago from that album. Nice. Right, welcome back. You are listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. Now, we normally do the player rankings at this point. Yes. But, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. We'll, we'll gloss over that. Um, we will I am, I'm going to put them up tomorrow because, we, as you know, we keep uh, track yeah. of it all year long, so I will put it up on Monday and then people can vote. I'd forgotten all about it till I was kind I of know. putting the rundown together and I was like, I don't remember seeing Steve's tweet. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I didn't. Um, so let, let's just talk about what, what we thought. Who made the team tick for you? Re- Reina was lauded after the game. We touched on him in the first half. I thought Reina showed like a lot of push forward. Uh, Alfonso's got to be up Yeah, there. those two guys. And then, of course, you know, you have to say, Kamara, even though he missed chances, he did score twice. And then I thought Jordan Much played really well. Yeah, um, uh, I was really glad to see Much get the start. I thought he would because he did well when he came on as a sub. Jake Nowinski start and surprised me because I didn't think Sean Franklin really had done too much wrong. I think maybe it was just before, a rotation thing, pre-planned rotation. Um, I think the uh, who else? I think I think Juarez, like you said before, a hundred percent passing, mm. and he set up the second goal. Um, so yeah, the, the, quite uh, Brian Rowe, even though he gave up two yeah. goals again, he made some big saves yesterday. That's two that games in a row, he's there. done well. And Stefan was on the bench. Yeah, didn't make the Philadelphia game as he told he us was, in the show that he was targeting. And now he was, there are a couple he, of games past that. Yeah, he was warming up before the game, mm. and they were they were actually like when they were warming up, he was like uh, kind of twisting his leg and checking it out and stuff like that so I think it was just like a test that maybe he might be ready because uh, there's a week off and then they get, then they come back it's not a week off I could have sworn there was a week off next they week. open they go play David and Darren next oh week. that's right yeah, yeah I forgot about that okay and now I feel like a week off or something yeah, yeah. they have a week between games <laughs> yeah that's what, that's what I think you mean but let's look at the who scored.com rankings from the match I always like looking at that Number one in that was Kai Kamara, who got a 9.13 rating. 43 touches, six aerials won, the most on the team, more than Daniel Henry, who had five aerials won. Three key passes, two shots on target, two goals. Can't beat that. 100% shots on target to goals. Six shots in total. That's because he missed like three or four oh, times. Yeah, yeah. Completely. Four of his other shots didn't go there. Um, Jordan Much was number two. With 7.87. Effie Juarez at 7.83 with his 100% passing accuracy. Jordan Much actually had 83.3 passing accuracy. Fonzie was fourth. Reina was fifth only. And then Daniel Henry sixth. Marcel De Jong seventh. And then I won't bother going through the rest. But Sean Franklin got the lowest. But obviously he was only on the pitch for a, a handful. Brian Rowe was the, the lowest ranked starter. He got 11th. Because of two goals. Yeah. He, he gave up two goals, although people don't take into account that he made some big saves Well, his too. passing accuracy was only 58.3. Well, then maybe that's it. But he's also clearing the ball a lot, too. Hmm. Tybert returned. Yeah. I thought he disappeared without trace or something. You got put up there on the left side, eh? Hmm. It was a little bit different. He was left side, but he was cutting inside a lot, too, when they, so, when they, Chicago was moving. When I was following the game from afar, some people were like, that felt that that negatively impacted the shape, I think, of... 
which kind of didn't help the end of the game. It, it wasn't a bench, though. We talked about this before the game started. You looked at who the subs were, and if the Caps needed some game changers, there wasn't a lot. I mean, we know Blondell can score, but he just hasn't got a chance to have a run. Mosquitoes hit or miss. So, oh, Mosquitoes a hit when he comes off the bench. Not always, so I was, I was, but Shea's uh, also hit miss. So you but don't no, look it, at that and but, you're like, oh, these are the guys that's going to It just change. felt awkward when... Rusty has not played wide in a very long time. And you have someone like, for example, Efri Juarez. Why did he not go right and you leave Alfonso Davies wide left? Because when Davies... when you don't put the captain out wide. Davies went wide keep the captain in the middle. He's got to marshal the middle. Yes. Thanks, Darth Vader. Talking of Davies, the the chatter, of course, this week continues to to be about Alfonso Davies. There was the Curtis Larson Uh, article. I hate Yeah, let's not mention that name. But... Just say, like, someone out east wrote an article. Some guy out east who's in Russia just now wrote an article. How about Lurt Carson? Well, there, there is the, yeah, there the is fake a Twitter fake, account. Yeah. A lot of clubs are interested in Fonzie. I forgot to mention on last week's show, but I did tweet it out, that Real Madrid had a scout at the game against Colorado. What they made well, of that fact, that's game... That's fact, that's fact. Yep. Well, it, Someone told me that, yeah, so yeah. I'm taking that as fact. But Real Madrid did a have good a, source. a scout good there. Source. It was a very good source. Because it was funny, because the Mar- the, Mar- the English Marca newspaper article qu- quoted the article from the guy from out east as the reason why Real Madrid were bringing him in. Oh. Or looking at bringing him in, and I thought, oh, that's no, that's no, no, very no. poor. No, well, Real Madrid want their version of Barca's yeah, tabla. Yeah, that's other, the that's <laughs> other thing, which it felt like, which is really kind of funny and awkward. So uh, the the five teams that were mentioned in the article, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Liverpool, PS Eindhoven, and Manchester United. Well, obviously, was, two of these clubs, uh, there's uh, one who he was going to go training with, but yeah. got cancelled, Man United. Liverpool, obviously, Andy O'Brien connection yes. there. Um, so, so Chelsea and Juventus have scouted him as well. Yeah, in the past. Yeah, so... Uh, You've heard the Real Madrid person there. Obviously, we know Andy O'Brien has been here, and we know he wasn't here just for vacation. And uh, we, uh, I've heard as well, yeah, Man United has come and look at him. Yeah, uh, it would be interesting if if you if you went to Bayern, that would be that would be. Well, you would obviously. Oh, I'd be very happy with that. But he get lost. No, he wouldn't. Well, they they need someone to replace Arian Robin. Mm. They need someone to replace. Are you going to put in a seventeen-year-old Canadian at, kid to at do Bayern? That, yeah. yeah. Have you heard of Only Hargraves? No. No, okay. He's that I English forget. player. Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. English is 20, 2006 World Player of the, Player of the Year. I know. Me. I mean, Steve, you've got your thoughts as to well, I, I of thought, those clubs. Well, what I remember saying I remember saying a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if I said on air or afterwards, that I thought Borussia Dortmund would be a really good because they really developed the players. And in that case, I would go out of these five clubs, I'd go PSV. Um, because they do, in the, not not lately, but in the PSV past. PSV in, in Holland? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in the past, they have been able to develop decent players. Um, obviously, lately it hasn't been that great for uh, Dutch football. But and the other thing is, if you sell them to there, as long as it's a similar price to the other people going, he'll get sold on again. Yeah, and then you'll have that sell-on fee on there. If he goes to one of the bigger clubs, he might stay there, and then you don't get that sell-on fee. So you got to look maybe another sale. Well, you know, on for them. a fact, if he goes to one of the English teams, he's going to get a buried very there. good chance. He's going to go to League One or League Two. He's going to end up at Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah, that. that's true. But he's going to get there. Another place he's going to get buried because yeah. a, lo- a lot of the English teams they want they don't play playing young players. I, I unless I they come with that. a high ticket. From those five, PSV to me is the one that makes the most sense to help develop his career by getting actual good first team minutes. Didn't, didn't it, where did Atiba Hutchinson play in the Holland? 
was it PSV? Was it was it? PSV. Oh, was yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's a communication there. There was a file that PSV, we, we referred to PSV. East Fife on AFTN as PSV East Fife because our stadium overlooked the, the oh. power station. So it's power oh. station view. So we called ourselves PSV. That must have made you guys feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the Methyl Milan was the, the other one we christened ourselves. <laughs> no, I... I, I he, you, like I, I'm in all seriousness, like Byron, if he's good enough, he will not get lost. Like mm. he will, he will play. They well, play, they play young players. If like only they, there was maybe some uh, somebody from Byron, Byron player, player that, you that can had ask maybe him, recently yeah. seen him play or something. I wonder what he would have thought of him. Oh yeah, he would. Probably, he would probably say, "I haven't seen him play." Yes, Bastian <laughs> Schweinsteiger obviously played at VC Place for Chicago yesterday. We'll talk a little bit more about the fact that it was nice to see a, a guy like that play, but I got a chance to speak to him after the game in the, the fire locker room, so we're going to bring you that now. And, yeah, the subject of Alfonso Davies did crop up. So, Bastian, heading into this match, it looked like it was two even like teams. Head. Thank you. Uh, it looked like it was two even teams. So, it kind of was a close game. Was it what you were expecting? And obviously disappointed with the end result. Yes, we were not happy with uh, the end result. Give away three goals. That's too much. And um, then it's not easy to, to win the game. Some minutes we played well. We had possession. We played to the right player and uh, in some parts of the game we didn't so and um, yeah we gave away the goals and then we lose talking to the coach afterwards he's talked about the lack of consistency from the team this year heading into the second half of the season now you're in the spot everyone's wanting the final playoff spot in the east what do you need to do to get this consistency going now in the second half of the season you need to just um Improve your game um, to improve uh, the level, you know, and then you will win or you you will be more consistent. Um, that's all. Um, we have too many up and downs, and then you struggle to make uh, the points, and uh, you are exactly there where we are. You know, like that's uh, the, <laughs> that's the reason. You, you might not be aware of this, but in Vancouver we don't get a lot of the star names coming to play here, partly because of the turf. Mm-hmm. You seem to have really embraced MLS, though. You, you play in all the, the turf pitches, you go and play a lot of the away games. Is that just part of the experience for you, to go and play as much as you can? I play soccer because uh, I like the game and I don't care if it's a turf or normal uh, grass. So um, I enjoyed it to play on the turfs of course I prefer always grass but um, that's not a problem for me and uh, I have to say Vancouver was a very good crowd um, I saw many German flags as well so they really uh, welcomed me uh, very well and uh, thank you for that I, I know you don't like probably to talk about away players but Alfonso Davies is getting a lot of press here at the moment he's been linked with a move to Europe that's the first time you've, you've played against him, I think. What what did you make of his play and what do you think he's maybe got for a future in the game? It's not easy to say for me because I didn't see so many games of him. Um, but you can see he has speed and uh, he has skills. 
um, offensively, transition-wise, he's very good. Um, but as I said before, um, I think you should ask other players uh, who know him better than me. Basti, um, you've played with some of the best clubs in the world and with some of the best players in the world. Um, back to what he was saying about Alfonso. Do you think, I know what you just said, but do you think he has the capability, given his endurance and his speed and his physical aspects, to play in the top leagues? Um, how old is he? 17. Oh, 17. Yes. He doesn't have a driver license, right? No, can't, can't drink. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean... Um, Obviously, he has potential, you know, and if he's keep working, you know, like, of course, he has probably a chance to, to, to play in Europe. I mean, uh, with that speed, with that technique, um, the skills, um, if he works hard also for the defense, you know, of course, um, he, can, he can also play in Europe. But as I said before, it's, it's not easy for me to, to charge him because I didn't see him. I don't know him as a person, so, but I wish him good luck. What kind of advice would you be able to offer to a young player like that? Do you, every day when you go to work, um, try to improve. Try to improve as a player, as a person. Um, it's both very important, you know, to, to have a good attitude, you know, um, to respect the people and um, to enjoy the game. You've probably been asked this a lot since you've come over here, but mm -hmm. the move to MLS, has it been everything you hoped it would be so far? Yes, I mean, um, I feel um, very happy with Chicago, living in Chicago um, with the team. It was a great coaching staff here. Um, I really enjoyed it, and um, um, so far as I can say, I'm, I'm happy here. Uh, uh, we will see. I, I have a one-year contract, you know, so we will see how it goes. But um, I'm I'm happy being here in MLS. It's Really interesting league, um, interesting rules, and uh, every game's every game is kind of tight, you know. So yeah. you never know. Actually, there's not really like you know, in Europe. You have some in in, Bayern, in, in Germany. You have Bayern Munich, you know, and in England you have four or five clubs who are dominating the league. And here I have a feeling it's kind of interesting, you know, for who's gonna be the best team and. Uh, that's interesting for uh, for the people here, and uh, yeah. That's great, thank you so much, Matthew. You're welcome. Where are you from? Uh, from Fife in Scotland. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> thank you so much. Danke Basti, dass du bei uns bist. Danke Basti, dass du bei uns spielst. Du bist München, du bist der FCB, Schweinsteiger, Fußball, Gott, ole ole. Danke Basti, dass du bei uns bist. Danke Basti, dass du bei uns spielst. Du bist München, du bist der FCB, Schweinsteiger, Fußball, Gott, ole, ole. Easily the best song we've ever had on this Yeah, song. I this might play that as I feel wavelength. I find it, it's really Step good. Step it up, yeah. Yeah. Ausgezeichnet. Danke, Basti. But yeah, Basti and Schweinsteiger there. Didn't really want to talk too much about Alfonso Davies. Because you always see him, he's always seen him in that one game and yeah. he's not really watching him, he's actually trying to play the game. Yeah, but... It was nice to see a big-name player finally come here and play. Well, I shouldn't say finally, because there, there have been other guys. That yeah, Perlo came, yeah. Lampard played. David Villa. Yeah, so they, it's really everybody always yeah, talks about... Robbie Keane. Everybody always talks about Thierry Henry. He's the one that never yeah. showed up. And Drogba. <laughs> oh, Drogba too, Steve yes. Steve Gerrard, he yes. didn't either. Yeah. I mean, there is a big list of guys that have Gerrard wasn't even there Kaka. for very long. 
don't think Kaka ever came here. But it was also not it wasn't just coming here because uh, unlike Robbie Keane, who continued, you know, spoke his spoke freely about yes. the quality of the turf, which which I hundred percent agree with, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. he just said uh, his answer is the best I've ever heard here. Yeah. It's I love football mm-hmm. or I like football, and so I want to play. Uh, it doesn't matter to me the surface. Yes, grass is better. I'd rather play on grass, but this is not going to yeah. stop me from playing. I, was very impressed even before he came here just the way he has embraced MLS the way that you want guys to come over here and embrace it he's he goes and plays places like here on these turf pitches the long travel for me it does the league no good when you've got some big name guys that won't travel to certain markets some fans never get to see them and like it or or loathe it Big name players do add something to the gate. I am always happy if a team does not bring their strongest team because it gives the Whitecaps a better chance of winning. But it is also at the same time nice to see these players playing on your home pitch. So let's just hope there's a few more in years to come that kind of follow Bastian's kind of model and just embrace life here to the full. Good interview. Thank you. It was your favourite of the year? Definitely, because no one else has complimented my hat. Yeah. It was an AFC Wimbledon hat. Yeah, like he's a he's a quality dude. Uh, I, I I wasn't disappointed to get to see him play on on Saturday because I've seen him play. I saw him play when he was nineteen. My first trip. To oh, Germany. really? Yeah, in end of season friendlies, he was nineteen and making his breakthrough. Lom at the same time was playing, and, and all. you met him down in Portland a few. And years then yeah, and then I saw him play two at least twice at the World Cup in two thousand six. I think the quarterfinal and then the third place game where he scored a hat trick, although one goal was an own goal, so it was two goals. And then I saw one of his lowest moments in football, the Champions League final in 2012, where he, he and Ivica Olic missed penalties and Bayern lost at home. And then, yeah, I got to hang out with the, the Bayern Ultras and the, shoot, the guys from Shikaria and Hessen Mob and all the all the, uh, all the the Bayern groups uh, that were here. They were on the flight with them, and so they needed a ride to the airport. So I drove to the airport. They're like, oh, just stick around. <laughs> I was like, okay. And uh, yeah, I got to meet you know him and Beckenbauer and Lom and everyone. It was great. Now, obviously, he can't be happy with the result, like he said. He yeah. wasn't because, because three goals because the the loss actually dropped him out of a playoff spot because Montreal yeah, won. Yeah, I know. No, but I'm, I'm saying, oh, everyone's fighting for you because you're in sixth. Yeah, they're not anymore. No, they're in seventh. Well, but Montreal won twice in a row. I think. Yeah, mm. that's the East. What happened in the West? Well, not a lot of great results for the Whitecaps. It made their kind of win all the more crucial. Talked about the the backup to six. They're in twenty six points, nineteen games played. They're three points behind the two teams above them. They're seven behind KC in third. Houston and the LA Galaxy, though, are one point behind us in seventh and eighth. They have games in hand, one and two respectively. Yeah. But then there's a big gap. I think we're Min- talking, what is it? Min- seven, Minnesota eight points to Min- Minnesota. No, nine. Minnesota's six points behind. Well, all behind us. Yeah. Minnesota's seven points behind Vancouver for a playoff spot. And then you got um, Seattle's 10, Colorado's 11, and then San Jose's about 11 too, I think. So I mean, it already feels the the teams that's below, like Minnesota oh, and below. San Jose, 14 points behind, sorry. Oh. And you kind of look at the top and Dallas, LAFC and KC, you can't, they look pretty comfortable. I, I don't see... I would never having... say Dallas is ever comfortable. Let's not start mm. that again this year. But for me, you've got five teams battling for three spots. So you've got the Caps, you've got the LA and Houston below the line just now. You've got RSL and Portland above the line. 
that how it feels for you? Yeah. And you just don't want the caps to cross the line. Definitely not. Go so, some some will, but some will. Yeah. <laughs> some have. Some have. <laughs> I think Portland is a safe bet to not be in that uh, crunch because they yeah, do have like three I, games in hand yeah. on a lot of people, I, and they are playing some decent football right now. So for me, it's uh, the fifth and sixth, fifth and sixth spots are between RSL, Vancouver, Houston, and LA at this point with Seattle. Houston and LA's hit a little bit of form. Yeah, three 0 win for Houston on Saturday, four 0 win for the Galaxy. They they need to to string both, some results. Both together, at home. Both at home. True. True. Mm-hmm. Colorado, though, have now lost two after beating us. After speaking to the guys last week, because some of the interviews we didn't run, and I'd meant to type some of them up on the site this week and haven't had a chance. So Sam Nicholson, Declan Wynn, former Whitecap, they were like, oh, this is, we just needed to get this win to yeah. kind of get our season kick-started. Yeah. yeah, they lost to Seattle, then they lost to Montreal. To, yeah. No. Oh, they lose Seattle? I thought Seattle... Oh, I'm confused. They didn't lose to Seattle. I'm just shaking my head because it's... Oh, I got you. Make, it, makes, it, makes, it makes Vancouver lose them that much more yeah. pathetic. That, that, that is a th- it just more frustrating that we drop points against them. If you look at our next matches, we've got DC this coming Saturday. Then a big one. First Cascadian derby of the season. Heading down to Seattle on the 21st. This one counts. Then back up here for Minnesota. So... On paper, looking at where they stand, that's three very winnable matches against teams that are struggling. But as we've shown against Philadelphia and Colorado, we don't seem to do well against the teams that are struggling. And DC have a little bit of an added incentive in that they're opening their new stadium yep. and Mr. Potato Head is going to make his debut. Yeah. <laughs> you think he starts or off the bench? I think he'll start. Mm. It's a tough one next week. We won't preview it too much because that's what our preview show is about. But what do you see us taking from these next three matches? Next three, so we're we're not. We're so we've got DC, Vo- Seattle, and Minnesota. So you're we're not going to worry about the Voyagers Cup in there. Coming to that. Coming to that. Okay. Uh oh man, it, this is not going to be easy. Like the, the DC thing, there's multiple factors. One, you got to factor in. Um, yeah, DC's been terrible this year. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. That's one factor. However, you got to travel travel across the country, and they're opening a brand new stadium. Uh, they got some old Englishman who's I think playing for them now. Uh, you have people like David Osted who will want to prove a point. Darren Maddox, if he gets to play, will want to prove a point. Oh, that's very true. Um, like Sergeant Darren Maddox, Maddox has been at plenty of chances to prove a point. He hasn't proven <laughs> anything at this point. Nice. <laughs> You played for Portland last yeah, year. Yeah, he's played not bad in some matches. Though. I he think scored a our, bunch of goals. Our tactic could be if Robbo flies in a lot of old grannies and sits them in the front row, it could distract Rooney enough to put him off his game. <laughs> have to hope for that. Minnesota, you have to feel it is three points in the bag. But yeah. we felt that about a few teams this year. I would say they, I don't know what they're going to get, but I'd say they need a minimum seven points out of these three games. Hmm. Um, if they don't get seven points, uh, I'm going to have to call the playoffs. I'm going to call. I'm gonna have to call. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it all depends. Like right, right? But seven points is, I gotta see the, uh, the, if they don't get seven points, I see, see it being even, it just makes it more and more difficult for them to do anything this year. 
Because the the road gets a lot uh, tougher as they go along. Although they pay, well, they pay also, San Jose back to back yeah, too in one. But one. we also then have Canadian Championship yeah, two legs against Montreal and against 25th, that. Yeah, in, in the mix of all that, and some folk won't like it, but it's to me pretty obvious that we're going to see a, a very fringe squad. You're going to see probably Sean Melvin in goal. You're going to see guys that well, have played in the first team like yeah. Tiber and Blondell and Mosquita. And you're going to admire Bevan. Your your centre backs. Obviously, Aaron Moss is going to be one, and then you either are going to ha- you're going to have to play either Daniel Henry or um, Jose Aha in the other one. I think it's probably Henry or call up Jonas Hakkinen from the residency. I don't see that happening. Um, and then um, and then obviously the midfield, like you said, Tybert. Um, Bernie Abini, the forgotten man. Bernie Abini, you, you have those kind of players. So it won't be a fringe fringe squad. You got Eric Hurtado. Who could be in there? Mm-hmm. Uh, Meyer Bevan, who just came yep. back. That's, of course, if they're all here. Yeah. Because there was a couple of cuts this week as well. Released during oh, yeah. a World Cup match. Beautiful time to bury some news. Debbie Flores, Justin Fiddis, they've been let go. Debbie Flores, he served the club well there. Yeah. I mean, when that press release came out, you're pretty sure there's a lot of journalists who read that and they're like... like who are these guys? <laughs> Debbie Flores was still a white cap. Well, well I think Ju- Justin Fittis, everybody knew yeah. that he was the first pick. But the disappointing thing with Justin Fittis is his release now has made this year's draft a complete bust. And this was the first draft for a number of years that Alan Koch had no input into. Because yeah. even though he'd left before last year's draft, he had done it. a lot of scouting for that draft. No, the, uh, the so thing who's is... who's doing the scouting? Well, but the thing is, is Fittis was, even without Koch, it was, there were a lot of other people in the media that were connected to teams that were touting Fittis as a decent number uh, first-round pick. Robo said he got his man. Yeah, but the thing is, is what I'm thinking... Uh, what, what, he was a right back or left back? I can't he remember. He was right back. Okay. He could play left back as well, but he was primarily right back. Then was so on down maybe there's somebody school. somebody they like at right back in the residency uh, uh, more than Fittis. And well, that's you've why got Jake Ruby. Yeah, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's not going to go to college and he'll stick around and, and, and be a future right back for them. Wouldn't be surprised, though, to see maybe a, a couple of homegrown signings. Something which we talked about in one of our extra podcasts, one of our subscription podcasts, which if you're not a subscriber, visit AFTN.CN, you can find out how. The Whitecaps are putting together an under-23 developmental team. If only they'd done that before. I mean, it's great that they've thought of doing that now. But, yep, WFC 2 is no more. Fresno hasn't worked out. They're putting together an under-23 developmental team. Robo wants to keep kind of a core squad maybe 18 to 20 players to see him through the rest of the season. As long as they don't get suspended. And then these other guys are going to be in this developmental squad. You're going to have some residency signings, some other guys, maybe trialists that they're looking at as well. I've heard they're going on a tour of Mexico and the UK. So... Who do you think what, the coaches at that could point? could go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Who do you think the coaches? Rich Fagan? You think it sticks with them? Mm, would make sense, maybe. Yeah. Maybe even Pamaduka. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. But... It, I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple of homegrown signings that would then be in this team. Didn't Craig Dalrymple just get his license? Yes, he did. Also, so maybe you can drive as well. You can drive. Once he can't, as Bastian mentioned. Yeah. But yeah, transfer windows opening as well. Have heard a rumor. I don't want to get folk excited, but we could be getting a World Cup player here. That is the good news. Bad news is he's Saudi Arabian, but beggars can't be choosers. And we'll be back with some World Cup chat after this. 
Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Arab strap, first big weekend. The boy with the Arab strap. Yeah, which was written about this group, Arab strap. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, you're back listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio. The World Cup is still going on. It's never ending. I'm happy about that. I'm having a few withdrawals the days that there's not any games. Yeah, that's the difficult part. Especially, I, that's why I think I feel like the group stage is... Uh, is like a lot of fun I, it because was, just fly, yeah, you but, have a game every day. I mean, Monday, Tuesday, we had the quarterfinals, and then I thought, what are we going to do on Wednesday? But it's okay, there's a full slate of MLS matches <laughs> for July 4th, right? Sated yeah. my thirst for quality football. <laughs> yeah, but it's been another exciting week. We won't look was at that the, the Toronto Minnesota game or the Minnesota Toronto game. I was high scoring anyway, yeah, yeah. that was two defenses that can't defend. Hey, Quint- this is way Quintero better. Was shooting I know I've mentioned it before, but this is the, the, the stuff we're seeing in the World Cup during the World Cup this time, at least, is way better than the uh, Montreal Vancouver game from the last World Cup. <laughs> I know you keep going on. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I still remember that because no, that's no. just yeah. that's burned in my memory. Did you that even how tell bad Paul about that. Yesterday. I did. <laughs> I, it was so boring that game. It was it was bad. Montreal yeah. ended up with seven defenders on the pitch <laughs> by the end of it, and it was zero. Never going to get over this. No, it was. <laughs> Oh. That'll be on his tombstone. He yeah. he died thinking of that Montreal game. But every been, four every four years, I'm going to think about that game. Yeah. That's the thing. It's, it's been another exciting week. Started with a round of sixteen, which we, we'll come to one. Actually, let's just talk about that. I was going to do this later, but we talked about MLS and we talked about MLS referees. Oh man, Mark, one of them was Mark there. Geiger <laughs> was was making headlines for all the wrong reasons in the Colombia England game. Yeah, is it is it true? There's this leak that he's been fined and. Uh, he's in trouble. I, I don't. I don't know. know if that's true. I just. I also heard he was on the short list for one of the semifinals no. and stuff as well. So that's never. Gonna I, happen. I. I honestly, I watched the game. I don't really have a problem with what he like. Like I think it was the Colombian players that went overboard. The, the, the players that. were a disgrace. It was a hard game to referee. Like honestly, and I know when I think of a tough game to referee, the referee I want to put in that powder keg situation <laughs> is Mark Geiger. <laughs> He's shown he can handle those situations so well. Okay, so yeah, like the type of uh, simulation or play acting or whatever, whatever you want to call it, like FIFA, right? Infantini, he needs Infantino. Infantino, Infantino sorry, Infantino. <laughs> Like, if they really want that out of the game, they have the power to take it mm. out of the game, right? And it comes through the referees, and they, the referees have been given tools to deal with that. Just no one has ever really done it. No. And, and but, but there was no way Mark so Geiger was going to be the first. No. But it allows you to get so many great Neymar memes and gifts. Oh, for They've sure. fantastic oh. this week. Brazil, I, I think I said it on the I was last week's show or the beginning of the World Cup, Brazil... Yeah, they're. I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead here, but they were just. They're not that good. No, I don't understand how so they're many not, people were. Eyeing. Well, the thing is, they faced their, or even your dad's days. They faced their toughest opponent, like their toughest test, yeah. and the, the and the thing is, it's not even that they weren't that good. They really didn't even bring it 
to the thing. They were just going in like second gear. They weren't even like ramping it up yeah. until they got down. They're not a, like the, the rolling around aside. Yeah. Like Neymar for me does not. I, he's got some incredible talent, but he does not strike me as a person who has uh, like a lot of. Uh, I don't know, like deep conviction, you know, like like he like he's like street, he's like a street footballer kind of right, like he just he he run at you, you know, tricks and flicks and like whatever. He doesn't seem like a leader. Yeah, oh, yeah. he doesn't no. lead yeah. the team on the pitch no. at all. No, not at all. Yeah, they, 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 and I think that's the re- they needed a leader on the pitch yeah. to push him through. And one of the guys that I felt, especially late in the game, because he came on as a sub, is Costa. When he came on the pitch, he really pushed forward. Douglas Costa, yeah. he's not. I mean, he's not a leader. Either, no, but but, but he was pushing yeah. the ball. Nobody else was doing it. Seemed like so he had injury problems yeah. at the World Cup. Yeah, he 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 spent some time at Bayern as well. So mm-hmm. I've seen him play. And when he's on, he can be yeah, he yeah. can be a difference maker. But he also isn't crazy consistent, right? Yeah. Like, but just to quickly go back to Mark Geiger, sorry, because we've got yeah. completely sorry, sidetracked yeah, yeah. from that. Did you think he had a bad game? I did, but then some folk were tweeting me saying, I don't know why you're thinking that. No, I didn't. And think Alexi Lalas, I don't know if you saw his well, that's video overboard, today. What he did. Oh, man. Because he, I think any he reference. Because he's American, he's no. being victimized. No. This is what it's like if you're an American in soccer. He well, said. He's, 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 taking, he's putting that American card. But the thing is, is I think Colombia, whoever the referee was, in that situation, the Columbia players would have gone after that referee. Oh yeah, so it was, I don't it was think, a uh, tough game of referee. I don't think I don't think there were any. Control. He did lose control Too because he should he should have shown yeah. some yellows right off the bat. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, and they haven't been doing he, that this this World Cup at yeah, all. The, the 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 players and how they acted and you know for Colombia it's uh, in part a, a cultural thing and I don't say that to be like ethnocentric in any way shape or form. Like this is. In football, if you can get at the referee or cause pro- or you know, or uh, you can con the referee, like it's considered a positive thing. In in yeah, yeah. that's why a, a that's why somebody cultures. was so, mentioning because yeah, uh, a few years ago there was a lot of diving in hockey, so the NHL um, put out a shame list where to shame people that dove, um, and and pr- actually published the list so people anybody could see that list of people who dove. But I don't think that would because Neymar in training pretended to dive. Like he actually flopped in training, and they had a, everybody had a laugh about it. So I don't think it would shame him. He's trying to do that, yeah. trying to get. An if he gets his team through at the end of the day, yeah. The, obviously, the England Columbia game. It, I, the, Eng- the England players didn't cover themselves in glory no, either. No. no, I I was, that was a mixed. That was a roller coaster of emotions for me. Yeah, I can only imagine. I, now this this might be too much information to share, but when Columbia scored that stoppage time equaliser, I yelled so loud, my mm-hmm. asshole hurt. To edit that out. I had to Google to see if that was something you could do. Can you rupture your asshole by screaming too much? <laughs> it was the loudest scream I think I've ever let out for oh. a while. Mm. Mm. Zach, I don't know if we're going to have Zach back for a while. Oh, I even called my wife up and asked her, is this a thing? She didn't know. She she was I, laughing as much as you though. I, 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 think, I, think, I, think, I think I have the opening for next week's show. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we should just talk about football. Okay, let, let's let's go to the okay, semifinals. Well, okay, talking about no, assholes, okay, oh, England. No, <laughs> no, no. Okay, yeah, it, it, I agree. Like Geiger, 
he 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 doesn't he doesn't have control. Like even in MLS games, you see him lose. You see him lose control yeah. in MLS games. Exactly. So when it, when the things are exponentially more difficult in a World Cup knockout game, what do you expect? So for people who are like, oh, forget it. Alexi Laos is just a showman. He's a victim. He, he, no, he, Alexi Laos is trying to be a lightning rod for controversy. And yeah, because he's with Fox. So yes. obviously that's what he's doing. No, yeah. but he. I've heard if you if there's you, training sessions I, with Fox is to make a big. I've heard him give interviews where he says like this is like is my job to be whatever. Yeah. It's a persona yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Anyways, well, what he's um, going on about is because the world doesn't like America, taking which over, they don't taking over their sport no. again. Fox, yeah, yeah. but it's <laughs> taking like, over their sport. I know. That's like have you noticed who's not in the World Cup? Yeah. Like, anyway, let's let's yeah. move on to the games that were played. Okay. So the quarterfinals, France Uruguay, comfortable enough win for France. I, I mean, not surprising at all. Uh, France seems like maybe they got into third gear now, but. Uh, with no Cavani, it was kind of like yeah. yeah. You, you, so Suarez, Suarez had nobody to play with. Yeah, top, a couple yeah. years ago they had the kind of the three. They had F- F- Forlan, Suarez, and Cavani. Now they just have the one-two punch, and yeah, yeah. Suarez. Yeah, Suarez. There was nothing he could really do. And even though they have a really solid defense, and Musler is usually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that was good. A, that was a holler. Yeah, uh, both the goals. Uh, the second one, obviously, especially with both the goals, I think I think he'll be thinking about for a long time. Yeah, that that was a a tough one for any. Kid. And that was that was even more. It difficult. was a Patty Bonner. Was there Patty was Bonner. there was one of the oh. one of the Uruguayan players. I remember uh, near the end where there was Jose a free Marie. kick. Um, he was, was just in tears oh, while yeah. in the wall yeah. while the game still that going. Was, on. Yeah. He just he wanted, was tough to watch. He was the guy who scored their opening goal. Yeah, yeah. Jose Marie. Yeah. yeah, so it was it was you could see how much it meant to them too. Because Jose Marie. They didn't wait for the game to yeah. start feeling it at that point. But sets up a tasty... Well, first of all, we should say, of course... The upset. All four European... Yeah. yeah. Well, also, also, I just want to say about Uruguay, thank you for taking out Portugal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank yeah. You. Thank you. I think the whole world. Yeah. Apart from all the Ronaldo lovers, we're grateful for that. But yeah, France, Belgium in the semi-final is going to be tasty. Yeah. Belgium, they, they went into the early lead... The own goal, Kevin De Bruyne, 31st minute. It looked like they were sitting pretty. You did feel if Brazil got a goal, that was going to be squeaky bum time. And I it, think the sub was still got it, Augusto. Yeah. Before, I think 14 minutes left or something. Yeah. yeah. But they just couldn't find the gear to get that. Because they they're not Belgium. that good. Yeah, they're not that good. And Belgium. Saw it out pretty. I, Belgium. Personally, I personally think they took Belgium too lightly. And they thought you could no. roll over them. No, I and once don't, I don't after think the thirtieth so. minute, that's when they fo- go, "Oh my god, we got to get going!" And they couldn't get it going. But after you can't flip a switch. After sometimes. Germany, well, for me, I, 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 what I've long, what I've wanted is a Belgium Croatia final. Yeah, and and that's still a possibility. So I'm really excited about that. Belgium after I'm, Germany for me. Belgium, the Croatians. Bel- Belgium has the uh, in Germany. I'm biased about obviously. Yeah. So Belgium has by far the best player for play. Like, Player for player oh, team yeah. in, in the world in the World Cup, and yeah, so they, I really, I really hope they knock out France, and then I really hope Korea. <laughs> it's the battle of the occupied uh, countries. Oh. In the, in the, I, it's going to be a tasty Belgium semi-final. Did, world War Two, Fran- France and Belgium. D- don't mention the VAR. Oh, sorry. France and Belgium. Who you got for that? And does it go to extra time? Maybe even penalties. I don't think penalties. I could, could go to extra time, but I think Bel- Belgium will win like 2-1, 3-2, maybe 3-1. I, I that's, fancy, what that's what I'm hoping. I fancy 2-1 in the 90 to Belgium. I got France. Oh. Because they were my pre, pre-tournament favorite to win. This will be the beginning clip of the show next week, France. 
I had Belgium Germany as my pick for the final. Yeah, no, but I, I, I because could, you like black, gold, and, and red. Hmm. I think France, like the um, the uh, I think I think uh, Conte uh, will be able to give trouble to De Bruyne a little bit. And if he can do that, then that shuts the whole Belgium attack. Not shuts him down, but it really slows him down in there. So I think if he ha- if he can shut him down, I think uh, France has a better shot at doing it. Because I think France is pretty strong going forward. It'll be interesting to see the, the tactical approach and the lineups. Because yeah. I think there are some French – like he, I usually speak very highly of Bayern players, but uh, uh, Tolisso, who's at Bayern, I don't really rate. Super highly, and he's played a bunch for the French team, both as a starter and coming off the bench. I think and, he came off the bench in the last in the, game. Yeah, right? yeah, but he started at least one of the group games. I, I don't think – I think if he's in midfield, like Belgium – obviously Conte is going to be there. Yeah. But if he's one of the other midfielders, I think that's a huge a huge positive for uh, for Belgium. Then there, there was just one set quarterfinals to talk about on Saturday. Just one, yeah. Just, just, just the one. Croatia and Russia, nothing else happened at all on Saturday. No, no. it's very, very disappointing from Sweden. Sweden were terrible. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they were not the same team that won those previous <laughs> I, I decided to PVR it, um, and then I got up and I thought, I'll fast forward through the start because it's going to be pretty boring. And then I watched maybe 10 minutes off it, fast forwarded through the first 20. England scored in the 30th minute. I was like, okay, that's it. Yeah. I just fast forwarded through the rest of the game. Sweden were never getting back in it. On, on the performance level... They were the most disappointing in the quarterfinals by far. It it pains me to say this, but England have played some nice stuff and they've got some Shut quality guys and they're linking up well. They, they they have a different attitude and they're not they're not scared like the other like they were in previous years. Even in the Colombian penalty kicks, they were a yeah. totally different team in that one. The only one the only person that didn't score was Jordan Henderson, and other than that, I'm okay all the that. young guys were fine. Um, I think I. I in this game, I think England just just pushed pushed the ball more, uh, and then they they controlled it, and they didn't really let Sweden. Sweden couldn't get anything once they got into the final third. Yeah. Very little. Very disappointing, in a number of levels. But now a lot of beer was uh, the beer uh, sales went up because after every goal, it was like tossed around everything, every city almost. <laughs> There's some videos going around on Twitter of England fans celebrating oh, in IKEA. In IKEA. Yeah, they're going yeah. jumping on the bed. That was funny. There's another video, though, of some English fans jumping on cars in Russia and getting the oh, hell beat out of them by yeah, the Russian oh, really? police. Yeah, yeah, and the caption it says they, they didn't realize it was Russian police. So they would jump on the police uh, van, and then the police would come out and just beat them with sticks. The, the person that did it said, the last we heard of them were they were singing, it's coming home, and we've never heard from them since. <laughs> they were really heavily beaten. Which hopefully they'll get heavily beaten in the the semi final against Croatia. Croatia, who, well, hard work against Russia. Whoa, that was. Uh, and I don't know if they're going to have any fit guys to go because they look dead on their feet yeah, by the end of it. It's like walking wounded. You yeah. got the the goalkeeper tearing his oh. hamstring, according to oh, the no, announcer. He, he, I had no, 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 him he, gone. That was not a torn hamstring because if he had a torn his hamstring, he would <laughs> yeah. not have been walking properly. I know. I was. He went. I guess, I'm saying that the announcer probably went to the Michael uh, school of announcing where he just calls a. I medical, said to my wife, "Oh, that, that, that's the keeper gone." <laughs> Yeah, no. I mean, I thought so too. But then when he got up, and then the way they showed him, especially uh, I think it was at the at the, between the the end of full time and extra time, the way he was running, I was like, he he should be fine. Uh, th- this match, uh, obviously, the opening goal from Russia was very nice. Oh, nice goal, yeah. Um, Dennis Cherishev. The, the equalizer I thought was was nice, and then the two headers were. 
Well, once Croatia made it 1-1, I thought, that's it. They're going to yeah. just go on. And, I mean, they dominated so much. They just could not break down the Russians' defence. Then when they go ahead, 10 minutes into extra time and Vira got the goal, it's like, oh, that that's definitely it now. There's yeah. no coming back. And then the Russian-Brazilian equalises. Yes. Fernandes. Yeah. And then and then he misses Fernandes. the net on a penalty, which yeah. which proves why he was never good enough for the Brazil <laughs> squad. Um, but, I mean, Russia's defensive play this World Cup, I know they're... They've been boosted, let's I say the crowd. <laughs> well, um, I, I want to talk about the crowd in a second, but you keep going. Yeah, but, I mean, they, they, they did what you want a host country to do. They didn't embarrass themselves. They played some nice stuff. They got, they got out so of the group. much interest. They got out of the group. And won a knockout match. Yeah. Just so close to, to yeah, getting to out a, the, a semi-final. What, 2010 champions? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they did well, way above what anyone would have thought. So... How am I going to preface this? Um, I like in, so I like into I like in support to Baskin Robbins. It comes in thirty one flavors, right? There's lots of different ways that you can support. One of the things about this World Cup that we heard going into the World Cup is that the Russian, let's say, government, um, uh, had a conversation had conversations with. The, the ultras in Russia of the different clubs and yes, whatever. Yes, I saw two documentaries right. basically saying, yeah, you're staying at home. Yeah, so they did whatever. So we have not seen uh, any, any, we have My, not seen Russian ultras in the stadiums. So the good the upside, yes, there's been very little to no, it feels like very little to no violence among between between mm. uh, supporters. And if it had been an England-Russia semi-final with England that, winning, that may have changed. Right. I would be concerned about substances oh, being so found what, in England. One of the most disappointing things about the, the Russia-Croatia game was the stadium was loud, but it, it was like a North American sport. A PG loud. No, not PG. It was just like there was just noise. There was no there was no singing in unison. There was no actual songs. It reminded me a little bit of South Africa with just a vuvuzela. But it wasn't that. It wasn't, it wasn't I'd rather that have crowd noise and vuvuzelas. Yes, I mean, me, you, me too. You missed a super long wave at BC Place yesterday. Oh, I, I saw it on the broadcast. It was actually kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys get involved up in your... No. no yeah. But it, it, for me, it was just I was just like... So and I'm not saying I, I want I would want would have wanted the ultras plus the violence, but it it, it showed that there's something there was something lacking because when you watch other other countries play, you can hear their supporters singing yeah. in unison. I mean, to, to me, I, it's I was, not I, a World Cup, I, think, I was I was I wanted to because I don't have the technical ability, but I wanted to put a make a gif where I had Putin on uh, Mr. Burns's head, and and have a caption release the hooligans or something like <laughs> so release the hounds like he says. So I wanted to do that, but I had no idea. It was nice it. having Steve as a co-host. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be looking for someone new to work the board soon. So. <laughs> Don't touch any dodgy items in the street. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, Russia did well. Croatia, England, who you got in that? I would, I, because of the fact that unless they recover really fast, um, maybe get some stuff from Russia, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think England will pu- push through. But I, I could also see them completely blowing up and uh, um, just not not doing anything and completely letting Croatia in. Aside from Belgium, England has not played a team like Croatia in this World Cup. Yes, that's true. And I and despite the extra effort it took for Croatia to get to the semifinals, uh, I really hope that they'll be able to um, be victorious in the semifinals and go to their first ever final. Yeah, B- Belgium Croatian final would be fantastic because we get a new winner, which I always like. My heart obviously says Croatia. I've dug out my Czech tablecloth to wear. 
I think England's going to do it. I think Belgium will beat them in the final. I, I'm no, I, I, my worst fear of England winning it, I don't think is going to happen. But I think England will get to the final. For me, of the four, it goes, no, who I want to win, it goes Belgium, Croatia, France. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, at least we're on the same yeah. page. I'll, I'll, I'll lend you my <laughs> Anyone But England t-shirt then. But my friend Dave has one too. <laughs> mine's just from 2010. Never goes out of date. But we'll be back with some more chat after this. Hi, I'm Carl Robinson. Uh, you're listening to the AFTN podcast. Pick music there. Yeah, I can that, only mean that Steve picked it. Well, it's from uh, the latest Marvel release, Ant Man and the Wasp. So good. Did you it, see, I was. It was fantastic. Yeah. Did you? When did you go Thursday? Thursday night. Yeah, yeah. me too. I went with like twenty people. It was great. Oh wow! Next week good. you have to get lots of DC songs. Why? What's Why? out this week? We play DC United. Oh, okay, gotcha. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> it, it, it was. Uh, it was really enjoyable. Oh, I thought it was. Is, is it not? A, it's not a high like. Uh, uh, no. Uh, intense no. movie like the Infinity War was, but. Definitely a movie that you can enjoy. My, my wife, my wife's favorite in Marvel are Guardians and then Ant Man because yeah. because of the humor. it's lighthearted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Michael, I, you should get into it. I, I, I You're like about some stuff. only eighteen movies behind. I it. watched Suicide Squad again. At the oh, weekend. that's DC, and that's that was only that was only because good... I love Harley Quinn. Oh, okay. Does she love you? <laughs> I don't know. Why I, <laughs> I don't know if I'm crazy enough for her, but I'm. Trying. You know, you know that's part of the DC. Cinematic universe thing, right? Like it's a part of a bigger. Yeah, because we play DC United. No, but <laughs> anyway, a few weeks ago we played you a lot of kind of World Cup memories when it, the show that I wasn't on, where I took my Panini sticker album, and Steve thought I did it just at one training session. No, I carried those Panini sticker albums to a number of different training sessions, looking through in it. That's commitment, man. It is getting some. Memories jawed from various players. We've got two more to go. We're going to play one of them tonight. Stefan Marinovic. Next week's a special Canadian one that we're doing with Dale Mitchell. But wait, you showed him your Panini sticker albums? Yes. <laughs> so you have to. You have to. You just can't say Panini. You have to say Panini sticker album. Oh, because it gives it a different context. Oh know. yeah, because I guess did you show your Panini to Dale Mitchell? <laughs> well, isn't a Panini also like a, sa- it's a sandwich? It's a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, Zach would think sandwich. Look yeah. at him. Yeah. I love sandwiches. Yeah, I do too. I yeah. love paninis of all kinds. But yeah, I, I took my 1982 and my 2010 panini sticker albums to Whitecaps training to speak to Stefan Marinovich about New Zealand, almost getting there. <laughs> and he revealed uh, an interesting tidbit that he, not this World Cup, but a previous World Cup, was nearly there.
obviously, sadly, New Zealand, so close to the World Cup, we didn't, didn't get there. But what I want to talk a little bit about the couple of times that they were there. Now, obviously, the first time you won't remember, it was 1982. But like, if you have a look through the Panini album, are any of those guys guys that have kind of gone into folklore in New Zealand? Obviously, the whole team is, I guess, for from qualifying for the first yeah. time. But when you were growing up as a kid, were any of these guys the guys that got mentioned all the time? Yep, definitely. Um, so, uh, big ones um, that jump out straight away. Obviously, Ricky Herbert. He um, he took the the subsequent um, New Zealand team that went to the World Cup uh, in South Africa. Um, he was their coach, so he played in this in the '82 team along with um, well, not along with, but uh, Winton Rufa. So I know him quite well. Uh, uh, trained with him a little bit um, when I was younger. Um, also big big name a lot of controversy surrounding him but nonetheless um, a huge huge player um, Brian Turner that's another big one other than that uh, those, are, those are the big ones for me personally yeah what was the first World Cup you remember watching? the first World Cup I remember watching I would have been 7 years old which would make that about 20 years ago 98 yeah that would have been in German... France. Was that, it in France? Yeah, that was the French one. That was, that was the French one, yeah. I, I, that was been the first World Cup I watched. I think we... Because I was... Uh, um, my parents kind of took like a bit of a sabbatical in, in Germany at the time. And I, obviously I was there. And um, we were there for nine months. And during that time was the World Cup. And we, uh, I think we watched pretty much every single game. Yeah, from there. And you know, followed along with Germany and stuff, yeah. Obviously... You'll remember the 2010 one. New Zealand were there. Yeah. Like, like as a young guy, you, you can you had just kind of started playing over in Germany, and you'd come through the youth ranks. What was it like watching your national team in in a World Cup? It's been a long time since I've done that. <sighs> to be uh, to be honest, it was uh, it was bittersweet. Um, you know, I love to see New Zealand there, um, but um, yeah, it was a it was a bit of a downer. Like at the time, um, my. Uh, uh, an advocate of mine, who I'd mentioned before, Winton Rufa, thought um, that it would have been a, a great opportunity to uh, bring me into the squad um, as, oh, like wow. a, as a number three, uh, because they'd taken a, um, they'd basically brought a, a guy that must have been like 35, two years in retirement, took him along, you know, it was like, I, may, I think maybe he went along as number four or something like that, you know, old, old guy, and um, uh, yeah, so... I was, a bit, I was a bit gutted that because at the time that was would have been my first or second year of professional football in, in, in Germany and you know not even to get a look in was um, it was a bit of a shame um, so but I, you know I enjoyed watching the guys and I've, I've played with a, a couple of these guys in the national team recently so you know there's no hard feelings uh, or anything like that but it's a little bit bittersweet at the time yeah that must have been time I mean looking at, at that team who who were the guys then that kind of folk in New Zealand still talk about? Obviously, a few of them are still around, but yeah. is there anyone that's kind of so the, big, the biggest, our biggest, um, our biggest uh, footballer at the time would have been hands down Ryan Nelson. Uh, he was the captain, uh, played in the Prem, um, played actually at DC, DC United, I think yeah. it was. There. He started his career out here in the US. Um, Fantastic defender. He, uh, he was uh, then coach of, I think, Toronto for a while. Yeah. Um, big, big one. Um, 
Who else do we have? Simon Eller. He's still kicking around. Not playing, but he's uh, coaching in the US somewhere. Um, and obviously, you know, they're just... They're, like, talking with the boys that um, were around for the last tour, these, these guys that went to this cup, they were just... They were a, a team of men, if that makes, like, any sense. Like, you know, there was no... They were basically, you know, rugby boy mentality, like no holes barred, you know, it's so hard to describe, but just like, you know, not give an inch type type of players. So they didn't play pretty football, they didn't play nice football, but they played, you know, extremely, um, <laughs> my favourite word, <laughs> robust fo- football, I guess you Which could I, say. I love to watch. Uh, Winston Reid, that's another big one. Uh, he... Um, I don't see him in the little pamphlet here. Yeah, some of, like, we looked through this the other day with Effie, because he was over in 2010, and he was like, why am I not there? I was like, well, they obviously probably brought it out before he was named to the squad. Yeah. But he, Effie's adamant that he has a sticker from 2010. Who does? Effie Juarez. Yeah. And he's I was like, but well, he's not in the book, but he's, he feel, he's got one at home, he says. Oh, which is really weird. Might be a different book. Someone gave me, at Christmas, I don't collect this, but it's like the Road to the World Cup. It's an album for the teams that were close to qualifying. Yeah. And the first packet I got, you were in, which was <laughs> really weird. So. <laughs> How cool is that? I know. I should give you that. <laughs> uh, I've seen some, um, some, some people have sent me some letters um, with, with, I think, stickers from the, either the confeds or something else, like little ones like these. Yeah. <laughs> I've signed them and sent them back, yeah. It's funny. Uh, just last thing, what are you looking forward to then from this World Cup? Are you going to watch much of it? Um, I guess um, it's another thing. Like, uh, I know it's like I say, I'm, I'm, a bit, yeah. I'm a bit injured. Um, yeah, we just missed out. Was, <laughs> was a bit of a bugger. <laughs> but you know, I'm not. Um, I'm not bitter about it. So, um, uh, like I said, I'm injured. Uh, doing my rehab. So all the boys are going away on holiday. I'll be kicking it around at 8 a.m. here in the in the uh, uh, <laughs> in the physio room. So I'll be having. I'll have the games on. Be watching. So I'll be. In, I'll be in trying to watch as much as possible. I won't be getting up at five or three in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll be watching all the ones um, at eight and ten o'clock. Do you cheer on Australia, or is it like me with England nah. and you just can't? <laughs> I, I, I don't really. I um. I I don't really have any animosity towards the Australians. Or, like I don't know. Everyone likes to play on that. In New Zealand, like New Zealanders and Australians, but I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for, for you know, go go Australia. I don't mind, you know. Uh, but um, one one part of me will be cheering for uh, for Germany. Another part for Costa Rica. <laughs> uh, but not Peru. But not Peru. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> oh, great. Thanks so much, Stephen. Good luck with everything right. you have. Cheers, Cheers man. <laughs> Stefan Marinovic there, the Kiwi keeper. Always love chatting to Steph, as you've probably gathered from... Yeah, especially when you say last question and there's still a minute 45 left in the interview. Yeah, (laughs) you said it sounded like we were in different rooms. It's because he kept leaning back in his relaxed style when answering the question, so he was getting further and further away from the mic. But I've enjoyed looking through my Panini sticker albums. It's made it all worthwhile, all these years of collecting them. I I really enjoyed Stefan Marinovic. Yeah, he, I, I think he'll be back for DC. Steph against David Ustet. You, you think that would be... It's a battle we're all looking forward to. Last bit of World Cup chat 
for this section. A future World Cup. Yeah, not about the current World Cup. There's been a little bit more discussion. I was involved in a three-day Twitter thread that just seemed to never end. Yeah, Twitter's Twitter's a terrible place for discussion. Yeah. Um, our, our good friends and partners at bcsoccerweb.com had released some documents during the week with information regarding the BC government not going forward with Vancouver as a whole city for 2026. Now, battle lines are drawn on both sides. There seems to be a line in the sand. Some folk are looking at it politically. I can't vote. I don't care for any political party here. Until one of them starts to back Scottish independence, then I've got no interest in them. But I'm still waiting for my $400 rent. Yeah, we remember well, that yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> Just to throw that back in again as well. But yeah, Bill Curry did do the first of what he's told me is going to be a, a series of articles under Freedom of Information, getting information, which his article midweek, which some people said had a bit of a misleading headline, was suggesting that the BC government had lied about how things had gone down with pulling Vancouver out and that and Victor Montagliani had actually given an interview this yeah. week over in Russia saying that there was an opt-out clause and he's very disappointed that Vancouver didn't stay in the process. Because yeah. there is an opt-out clause. Yeah, and he wasn't very complimentary basically about the, the government here. So BC Soccer Web are going to be running a few more articles in this, and it's just it's got everyone angry on both sides again. Yeah, part of what Victor said, right, was that they gave the they gave the responsibility to like someone who has never a handled, junior person, yeah, yeah, never handled something this significant, and they kind of left it to the 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 eleventh hour kind yeah. of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, and then focusing. Oh, so you believe FIFA over our government? I believe Victor Montaliani yeah. over these people because I know FIFA Victor Montaliani. FIFA politicians? Hmm. Yeah, no. I don't that, believe any of them. I no. don't believe a word that comes out of the mouth of most of these folk. But that, that's the... There's going to be blame on both sides and I do don't—I still don't think we've got the full story. Because the main thing is, okay, so the, you, you are right, it's the opt-out clause, but the BC government, I don't know at what, what point, but they asked for uh, the, what the proposal looked like and everything. That wasn't given to them. I have a feeling they just wanted that. Um, this is just speculation. They, they just wanted that to have kind of an out where they didn't look so bad because they said, oh, we wanted to look at the stuff, but they didn't provide it. I don't know when they looked, asked for it. it maybe it wasn't enough time to get it to them. So, yeah, I, I think it's, you're right. It's going to be blamed to put on both sides. Um, but I think, it, like, I'm, I'm, I'm back and forth. Like, uh, but I, Steve, even what you said there, yeah. the, the, the commitment was not you're all in on this. The commitment is do you want to potentially be a part of this? Yes. And so to me, and there even was no though they, harm in doing that. Even, exactly. Yeah. Even though they didn't maybe get all the information they wanted, uh, and they, but they also did not reach out to Victor Montagliani or yeah. they didn't well, return that, his that call or whatever. Well. Like He said that Vancouver was the only potential bid city that had not reached out or called him. Now, the people that support the government's decision and the people that support the government are saying that it's not written down anywhere that there was a, a definite out, opt-out clause. So they're they're wanting the proof to show that there was an opt-out clause. They're also saying, but the BC government didn't didn't say no. It's like the bid committee dropped Vancouver. Okay. Yes, because they didn't meet the deadline. Yes. Yeah. So if you want to be technical, yes, the United bid dropped Vancouver, 
because Vancouver did not meet the deadline, yeah. which was given so to them a long time ago. Left them with yeah. no option but to and, kick them out of the and, process. And ask the people in Ontario, ask the people in Quebec, ask the people in Alberta if there's a if you can get out of this by 2020 or 2021. They'll tell you yes, they can if they need to. Because in Edmonton, uh, I wouldn't thing, be surprised if Edmonton, Edmonton do doesn't get have full support. Edmonton either. does not yeah. yet have full support. Yeah, because the, there was an article weeks ago that we talked about where um, the city of Edmonton, because but they, I think the city of Edmonton owns Commonwealth Stadium. So they're able to say yes for that, but they, they've said that they need support from the provincial government in order to put this up because yeah. they won't be able to do it well, themselves. the other aspect of it as well, I, I happened to have, on my time shifting on the TV, I had CTV Edmonton News on. It just happened to be on. And they were talking about how dreadful the transport is from Edmonton Airport to Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. So that's great. something oh, that has to get yeah. really, really it's, worked it's, on it's, as well. It's not that bad. It is far away, though. Uh, there's, but for moving thousands of spectators, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's about at least not ideal. It, it's at least I think a thirty-five to forty-minute drive, um, because initially they built that airport to be the airport for for people in Calgary to use as well. That's why they they, yeah. they built it a little bit outside Edmonton. But there is a there's a, a ring road that goes around it. But it, to go straight to downtown is not beneficial for that either. And to get to, and, and yeah, because the if my memory server is correct, the the airport is southwest of the city, yes. and the stadium is kind of central east. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Or a little bit actually no, more north. Yeah, north central, yeah. northeast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it, I, I, the, I, I don't get involved in some of this Twitter discussion anymore because I it's know, so, it's I, so, I shouldn't, but I can't help myself. Yeah, it, it, it it's you dragged into it. I, I, I don't understand people who. A couple things I don't understand. These large sporting events, they they think that these people who are putting them on should um, not have any benefits for them putting them on, which I I can understand you not wanting all the benefits, but like that's the whole thing. Like people want these things because they produce uh, for your economy. They they're helpful. They're helpful, and and they in the same way when the movie the movie industry comes and yeah. they get all yeah, kinds they get of tax breaks they get all kinds everything. of tax breaks. I know it's not on the same level no. of what FIFA does with the World Cup, but uh, I just I don't understand how I understand people being frustrated with that, but I don't understand people saying because of that we don't want the World Cup here. I don't understand that. I also don't understand. I said this before when it was just you and I, Steve. I think a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago, people who did not cause this kind of uproar over the Women's World Cup, to me, have no credibility to speak about this now and say that this shouldn't be happening. Because they didn't say it then, and a number of them supported the Women's World Cup and were excited about it and were active and were a part of it. And now they're like, oh, no, this is the worst thing in the world. That Those things together, for me, don't go together. Yeah. And those people need to... Uh, need to think about, uh, about how, how, how they didn't how they didn't act then and they're acting now. And the thing yeah. is, you can't take previous World Cups and future World Cups into or yeah that are coming up because number one, this is not like Brazil. Because no, Brazil, Brazil. They, they were talking about they just they did a little article about uh, actually a video piece about the stadium that was built and it's completely empty yeah. now and only like maybe a thousand people come to watch like a local games right. played. And that and that wasn't FIFA that was, who made that decision. That was, that was the organizing committee yes. in Brazil. Now we're in a country in Canada that has little to very poor football infrastructure. Yeah. Right. This will help the game of football. Yeah. The the in the stadiums in the. Uh, the the training things that are neat like this this can only help this can yeah. only yeah. move things forward for football if you and, if you and love and football city and tourism yeah, that's, Although, that's fo- the other fo- side then this. throw it back and say well I think everyone knows where Vancouver is now no well, it's not that's not the point no no and the thing and and but the thing is I think the what what it is is the uh, whatever you want to say about the NDP government 
they play to their constituency. Where oh, they, yeah. they, they yeah. the people that voted for them do not want to spend money on these kind of things. And that's who they – and they also – they're in a coalition with a party that probably doesn't want to spend money on this stuff either. So they, the, you could say whatever you want about uh, they didn't do it well for BC, but they did well for the people that voted for them essentially. Because I don't think there's very many people that voted NBDP that are going to be against their decision. Yeah. Yeah, and for me, I don't care. Honestly, I do not care. I don't. It wouldn't matter to me which party this is. I really don't care. I care about football. And if you care about football, and you, if you say you care about football and you don't want the, the FIFA World Cup in your country, especially a country that is so lacking in football infrastructure and football uh, culture, I like. I just don't understand. I don't yeah. understand how. And as you say, we've works. hosted the under twenties in two thousand seven. U nineteen women's. Yep, and. The women's in 2015. Yeah. So. And the Olympics. Nothing that comes out is going to make me change my mind. Nothing that comes out is going to make a lot of people change its mind. We're going round and round in circles. It's It's just really frustrating. It's like a not fun dance. Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating. I still think, I still hold out this hope that we might get some exhibition friendly games here. That some teams may use the facilities here as a training camp. Yeah. Especially the teams maybe for Seattle. Yeah. That's my hope. We might see... Female all stars playing Brazil. We'll see. That's not how it works, Michael. Okay, we'll see then. But we'll be back with some more chat after this. Hi, I'm Jake Norinsky, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back. You are listening to the last part of tonight's AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. We're done already? Yeah. It's so early. It's still still a part. We've still got another 20, 25 minutes to go. And. It's my favourite time of the show. It's wavelength time, World Cup wavelength. Only two more World Cup wavelengths. Well, there's only one more week of the World Cup. Yeah. And we're going back to 2010 and a bona fide band, Zach. It's Weezer with Represent. It's the last chance alone for the United States.
Weezer. One for all the asthmatics out there. From 2010, represent. Love a bit of Weezer. And it's good to have a bona fide, Zach wants me to pronounce it. <laughs> no, we say bona fide. Uh, in Scotland? I, well, I, I guess. I'm assuming in Fife. In Fife. It's probably in Fife, yeah. <laughs> okay. um, but now, it's time for BC's Soccer Web Headlines. Yes, we were talking about BC Soccer Web before the break, but now it's time for the official BC Soccer Web Headlines section. BCSoccerWeb.com is your one-stop site for all your daily, national, local, international news and links. Make it part of your daily routine and check out BCSoccerWeb.com. What has been catching your eye on this site this week, Steve? Quite a bit of stuff, actually. Yes. More than usual. Um, oh, so you're saying it's not usually very good? No, I'm saying more news-worthy items. Like oh, I've usually, seen, I've seen, You've given me a longer list yeah, before. Oh, yeah, that's probably true. Uh, but... Um, uh, first of all, a uh, follow-up to uh, uh, previous, we talked about Morocco going for the 2030 bid. They, there is a rumor they could join with Algeria and Tunisia for that bid. couple of issues. Uh, first of all, both countries have said they will study this, but no offers have been made by Morocco to combine. Uh, one issue is Morocco and Algerian border is closed. The land border is closed. and so they, they can, <laughs> But Algeria did vote for Morocco in the vote, so that's a, maybe a good sign. <laughs> Sorry, did you just say their land border is closed? Land border is closed, yes. That's a slight, slight that, That's a little bit of a... A little bit of a issue. But here's the thing, here's the thing. This sounds to me, on the one hand, like, hey, it sounds smart of Morocco. This is what seems the trend moving forward. Multiple countries, especially with this ridiculous 48 teams. Um, Soon it'll be 64, no doubt. Yeah, however... Uh, I think anyone is kind of. I think most countries are kind of stupid. If you're going up against uh, Uruguay. Yeah. Well, England's thinking about it. Like I said, anyone who's going to go up here against because Uruguay, a, Paraguay, Argentina, bit because or whatever. Hundred, hundred. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, an anniversary. Yeah. It's also, a centenary. I don't know if you saw Al- some town or city in Algeria registered 53 degrees Celsius temperature last week. Whoa. But should when a World Cup would be. Sorry, on. where in, in Algeria. Algeria? Oh, they'll just put it in the winter. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Um, some news that we have here, um, uh, that Thai soccer team, youth team, um, an update from today. They did, they have about four, uh, kids through yeah, at the time for of the boys. Um, so far only one fatality, right? Uh, the, yes, yes. One of the divers, uh, didn't realize the oxygen levels were so low and, uh, passed away, unfortunately, but they were able to get four kids. The reason why they couldn't get more is because the, they have to replenish the oxygen tanks. And then they'll be able to get more kids out. But it's, it's it looks like at first they were thinking two three months they're going to wait till the monsoon season is over. But it looks like they're going to get it. You know, but the, uh, what I heard was the reason they're doing this now is because they're expecting more water to go in that cave yeah. Yeah. like this week. Yeah. And so they're like, if we don't get them out now, they're all going to drown. Kind of. Thing. Well, not drown. There is like higher points where they can survive. Oh, okay. Uh, but the worry is that you got oxygen levels. How good it is that they're going to be for how long? And then obviously other stuff too. That so this was a post a post training session excursion or something. Yeah, somebody, yeah, it was somebody's. To, they wanted to explore the. Caves. I believe it was somebody's birthday, okay. a birthday party that they decided. To, and a monsoon season did come a little early this year than normal, and I don't think they were expecting that. How long were they in the cave before they realized I don't we know. can't get out? Like, FIFA's president Infantino has invited them to the World Cup final if they get out. Yeah, are well, you serious? Yeah. Yeah, well, let's let's get them out first and worry yeah. about. It. I don't know how, what kind of sheep they so are. Like, so right, four... England might be in it. It's like it's going from bad to worse. <laughs> so these four guys who got out, they can go to the world. They can Cup? go to their, their teammates. Might well, Infantino's going to fly them there. I guess. I would assume. Yeah. Wow. If I'm the parents, I don't let them out of my sight for anything. <laughs> oh, no, I um, say I'm going with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Um, AC Milan's uh, Pepe Reina um, has been cleared of alleged mafia links, um, along with Paulo Cannavaro and uh, Salvatore Aronte. I don't know. Why did you pick these stories? I don't know. These are easy names as well. I got Salvatore right. I just don't know how to pronounce the last name. Aronica. Oh, sure. Okay, so um, there were there was a, 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 a investigation about their ties to the mafia, but it has been cleared, so uh, good for him. Amazon is looking to uh, pounce on more European TV rights. They already got England, um, uh, uh, sorry, the Premier League, which is uh, uh, the kind of broken away from Sky and BT, which has not happened before. Yeah, they've, they've only got they, a small small package, parts. That, that's all they wanted, right? Yeah. And they know all about small packages. Amazon so, comes in all different sizes and packages. Yeah, they got the La Liga one too. Uh, what it is, they, they the will games be get delivered by drone. And this will only the, both England and Spain are both like local, so it's not international mm. uh, streaming. It's still the zone that you're going to get there. Um, so you're going to get one football match every week from the first division, twelve from the second division, and then ninety second highlights for every game, every match to be streamed online. So that's essentially what they're trying to do. And maybe down the road they can make a more international flavor. So I guess you have to be an Amazon Prime member. Uh, yeah, or is you would separate? Ha- no, you'd have to be Amazon Prime. Okay. Amazon Prime. If you're Amazon Prime, you get music, you get mm. movies, a whole bunch of stuff. How much does Amazon Prime cost? I think it's like eighty thought, something yeah, a month, a year, ninety nine or something. A year, a year, yeah. eighty oh. something a year. It's not terrible. Yeah, you oh, can, it's very good. You it's can worth get, it. If, if you're desperately needing something, you can get delivered in hours. Yeah, sometimes. Well, in Vancouver, I don't mm. know about Langley. Ah. <laughs> um, fourth, uh, four substitute to be allowed in extra time in Champions League finals. Um. So they've, they've uh, adjusted it like the World Cup has. Yeah, I've liked this. Um, Champions League, Europa, uh, both of them will uh, have it. Um, in the finals, also, you can have 12 on the bench instead of seven. That's um, pretty exciting. Yeah. It makes everyone feel powerful. And yeah. the smaller thing here, you can use equipment like mobile phones, tablets, and laptops for coaches in the stands or on the benches if it directly relates to the player's welfare, safety, or tactical coaching reasons. That's so I guess if you send the coach out to the – the stats, the, you won't have to like fake being on the phone or anything so, like that. So, Steve, the fourth, uh, the fourth sub in extra time is only for the final match. See, that's or for why, the, or the that's whole why I think I think the headline is is probably incorrect. I think it is for the, the whole, whole knockout because yeah. they were talking. I think the finals is the twelve thing. So I think the headline got misconstrued. Yeah, I, I think it. It's for all the knockout games. It would make yeah. complete sense. But not not. But the final is the the expansion of the roster. Yeah. yeah. Preliminary games get underway this week. Yeah, I thought they, was it was last week. I thought maybe, okay, maybe it is this week. Well, Celtic are this week, so maybe there was a maybe there was a round before. Yeah, I, I think know. there was a round. Wow, hopefully they get their World Cup players back. Um, Italian soccer, we talked about it before with Pepperina. Uh, Italian soccer alarmed uh, by the ban on gambling adverts. Um, they're essentially uh, anybody who has a, a, an agreement right now, it'll go keep going until it expires. But no new agreements. Um, they're basically prohibited from carrying sponsorships from the industry, not, nothing on the, uh, during the games or on the jerseys. Um, they're, they're saying that more than half a Serie A, Serie A sponsorship money is with betting companies. So that's going to affect it big time. So, yeah, on the one hand, it, I think it's unfortunate that, uh, a number of these clubs are going to lose these, uh, revenue streams. On the other hand... When there is a problem, sorry. When you know, when you know, there's been a problem with the game and the results and whatever in the in the not so distant past in the country. And obviously, it was different. It was a referee thing, but like, I, I'm okay with I'm okay with this. Like, I I, I wouldn't be I, I wouldn't be disappointed if this this became like a worldwide thing. Like, you 
you want to eliminate any as many possibilities or connections to something like this. I think as 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 possible. Yeah. There's the, just, there's so. But then much you get the underground stuff. You're, you're I don't know if you're gonna. But I don't think you're gonna stop game. the gambling because this is gonna become. Oh, black no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not yeah. saying. I'm not saying you stop the gambling. Yeah. But then when you have but teams you, that you are in. Bet are, on CSL games. Yeah. As they were when it all happened to you. I mean, come on, CSL games. So no, because they knew they could influence yeah. them. That was part of the. So IFAB is going to be looking into um, a couple of things that came out of this World Cup, uh, including grappling, dissent, and aggressive behavior towards referees um, in their next thing, the, including also time-wasting simulation. They're going to look at the rub- rugby example where only the captain of the team can deal with the referee instead of all the players. Um, but in rugby, it's Which also... I thought it was meant to be that anyway. Yeah, just like, but it but, is. But the thing is, they, they're gonna maybe they're gonna strictly enforce it, where the the referees are gonna be forced to give this, a yellow this, card. This is we talked about this earlier in the show. Yeah. This is one of the problems: is that there are things that can help with some of these things that are frustrating. They're not using them. So if they want to tighten them up or, or make them more clear, that's fine. But it's they need to like actually enforce them, right? Like that's that's the issue. Yeah. News from the World Cup of 2018: um, a t- couple teams about uh, that had, were exited. Germany, um, Joachim Lowe is going to be staying on. Despite the exit, he wished to remain and rebuild the team. The federation has also promised to support him, and uh, he's basically being trusted to draw the right conclusions from the World Cup exit. Your thoughts, Zach? Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, 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 I wonder if that goes. If it's a two-year thing, I wonder how long it's how long. I don't know how long his contract is right now, but uh, I wonder if it, if he's kind of given the euro to kind of set things right. Obviously, he'll start by not including the Oaf in his squad in the future. <laughs> Well, he'll probably come to MLS. Um, Nigerian he would ca- fit right in. <laughs> Nigeria, um, uh, Obi Mikel uh, basically uh, had a difficult time before his last game. His father was uh, abducted, um, uh, but he played the World Cup match. He didn't tell any of the coaches, any of his fellow players, because he was told not to. Um, he's, he's basically quoted as saying, I had to shut it out of my head and go and represent my country first. Now, good news is they were able to find his father. Um, they actually took care of, like, uh, I think it was a firefight between the, the abductors and the police and they were able to find him. No ransom was paid in, in the, apparently it's the second time his father's been kidnapped. Yeah. So, but wasn't his dad like tortured or a little bit? Might have been, but they, it wasn't in this article oh, that okay. was mentioned. So because he know. was held for like a week at least. Or yes, something. Yeah. but I don't know if the, how much they tortured the people. They they're really just looking at the ransom, and apparently it was only twenty eight thousand um, for uh, for football. And I know that could have been a uh, uh, a mistake too in the in the article as well. But twenty eight thousand doesn't seem, seem too much, low, but yeah. but maybe in Nigeria that goes a long way. Um, and that's twenty eight thousand U.S. Of course. Um, <sighs> The Aussies have also, their early World Cup exit has kind of affected their, uh, especially their budget. Um, They've raised their grassroots fees. Um, They basically, they failed to reach, obviously, the knockout stages, which uh, they would have earned uh, 4.06 million. Oh, sorry, they they did earn 4.06. They would have earned seven. And that basically, by raising the prices, of their fees, they're trying to get to uh, where they right now at this point they're breaking even and they want to make a profit, so that's why they're raising the fees. That seems a little bit dodgy, doesn't it? Like, yeah, and a lot of people. The like, remember that we talked about before with the clubs and the and the federation and the and the lower teams. They were all their FIFA actually had to get involved there, so yeah. obviously there's something more going on there. Too. No, but like it, 
it's like, so you're going to make the grassroots pay for your first team not performing. It, 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 it doesn't, and, and not to, it's about, it's also, it's about making a profit, not about like breaking, like you could yeah. understand a little bit more if they're like, yeah, we I remember we're short funds, but exactly at the same time, it, it, this makes me think of Leeds a little bit. Back in the day, right? They, it was like they set their budgets on qualifying for the Champions League, and they spent yeah. that way, and then it was disastrous for them. And this is a football federation. You'd think they... And they're, they're still recovering from it. It's taken yeah. them years. Oh, yeah. I remember they're, they're breaking even after playing players 220,000 U.S. and taking into account the team's pre-tournament training base in Turkey, accommodation, and charter fights for VIPs. So if you take all that stuff out, they would have made a profit then. Maybe some of the players can return some of the money. Well, if they brought Bernie a beanie, they would probably have made it through. <laughs> um, some stats from Russia. Um, I'll give you some quick stats, and you guys can discuss which ones stand out to you. Mbappe is the 15 to score multiple goals. It's been 60 years since Pele did it uh, uh, years ago, obviously 60 years ago. Um, 48 years since a team overcame a two-goal deficit. That was Belgium against Japan. Uh, last time was West Germany over England in 1970, Mexico. Get it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, during the Swiss-Sweden game, uh, FIFA surpassed 40 million uh, attendance for all combined World Cups. Um, the, like in the Men's World Cup? Yeah, Men's yeah, World okay. Cup. Uh, 31 of 146. World Cup. 31 of 146 goals, that's 21%, were scored after the 80th minute. Um, record 28 penalty, kill, uh, penalty kicks called, 21 converted. 22, that seems low. Well, that's the record, I guess. 22, and I think VAR has something to do with there. Sorry, the converted. Right? Oh, converted, right. One, yeah. it's, it's three of four. That's that 75%, seems, yeah. yeah. That seems low. 22 of 56 matches and ended goalless at the half. Only one finished 0-0. It happened in the 37th match. That's a record as well. Usually it's happened sooner. That was really nice to see. Uh, record for own goals. I uh, don't, don't uh, there were some more. I saw 11 now, I Yeah, think. and it was six was the Golden previous. boot. Yes. Yeah, if Harry Kane wins it, I'm a f- no, 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 no. An- another false England claim, just like it <laughs> went over the line. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another one uh, they mentioned was, uh, and I found this one. This, this is talking about Jordan one. Henderson. In- England number eights have never converted in a PK shootout. Chris Waddle, David Batty, Frank Lebert, now now Jordan Henderson. Yeah. <laughs> and I put that in there because I thought you guys would enjoy that. We won't go into what happened to me during the Columbia game. Again. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's not why like, I'm going for test tomorrow, just in case any <laughs> any listeners are concerned. What happened to you during the shootout? Well, you talked about it. No, that was during the goal. Oh, during the goal. Yeah. The shootout. What I was a bit more cagey with my yelling. <laughs> Some news from North America and MLS. Jesse Marsh has quit as the Red Bulls coach. Yes. He's replaced by... Carl Robinson has not taken over. <laughs> was he um, supposed to? He, the Metro had him as the number one oh. well, it was a guy favorite named, for the job. Na- not a guy named Armas. But we're, everybody's Chris, assuming, Chris Armas, he's yeah. from American International. So everybody's assuming that um, Jesse Marsh is going to go to uh, RP Leipzig Well, in when Bundesliga. you assume, yeah. that just makes an ass out of you and Jesse Marsh. Well, you're just <laughs> talking about a lot of ass things today. You really got, that was funny. Um, yeah, he's going, from one dead, he's going from one dead bull to another. Yeah, is yeah. he, though? I... I all the stuff this weekend was, it's not a done deal. Maybe Surely the, it is. I mean, it must be, it must I don't be think he would have quit if he wasn't yeah. going to do it. Maybe someone swooped in to, to poke Maybe him. he was just like, Patrick Vieira left New York. I'm out of here. <laughs> Canadian national team. Maybe. maybe he was flying over and he his phone goes and he's like, is that Jesse? Yeah. 
Bobby here. <laughs> um, he leaves the New York after three and a half seasons as the winningest coach in their history. 58 victories, 35 losses, 25 draws. Um, no Supporters Shield. Supporters Shield, U.S. Open Cup final, two trips to the CONCACAF League. And they made the How'd they do in the CONCACAF Champions League? Yeah, oh, the Leafs and the Canadian team. It was two trips, two there. The eliminated by Canadians, right? Yeah, one trip to Vancouver. One to Toronto? Um, Detroit, I think it was Montreal. Was it was no, Montreal. I don't, I don't remember. Uh, Detroit MLS expansion is looking to rework their expansion plan. Um, they're now, they were going to build a soccer-specific stadium. Now they might just go to the football stadium, Ford Field, uh, because of Boo. the success of Atlanta and Seattle, based on that. Which, I mean, which tells me that 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 uh, Detroit Rock City, D- Detroit City FC, it's Detroit City FC. I don't. There's no way they're supporting them now. I, that, no, they were never. They I, were never I, going to. It was a. Anyways. It was a joke. That yeah. stadium's named after Rob Ford, right? With a close connection. <laughs> no, 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 no. Henry Ford. No, it's his brother Doug. Oh, I heard it was a crack stadium. <laughs> One coach who is taking over has been appointed is uh, Jeff Paulus is taking over FC yes, Edmonton. Yes, very happy about this. Longtime yeah. assistant and a technical director of the youth club team. Okay, why are you happy? Why are you happy with this, Michael? I I spoke to Jeff a lot over okay. the years. Yeah, on Twitter. I, I, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I, and I like he's got the academy background. I, I like promotions from within. I like a lot of things about Jeff Paulus. It uh, it just feels like of the coach announcements, this is the least. Shiny or we haven't heard Victoria's yet. No, but I'm Which just saying will not be Nick Dasovich who has become assistant coach of SFU. Wow. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, good oh, for him Nick. and Mark Rogers. Yes. Oh, oh no, good. Mark Rogers is UBC. Oh, UBC, right, right. Okay. Oh, the ri- well, mm. not ri- I guess rivals who play each other for fun. Um, uh, no, but Jeff Paulus, like again, nothing against him. I think he's done a lot of great things. Yeah, he and, listens to the show, right? But um. Uh, like it's not. I mean, you have Stephen Hart, you have Robin Robin Gale, and you have Tommy Wilden Jr. Who it feels like in those communities, uh, or not in those communities. It feels like they just feel like bigger bigger signings. You wanted Colin Miller, didn't you? No, no, uh, no. I'm not saying that. And I know Edmonton supporters didn't really want to see that happen because they felt like that ran ran its course. Mm-hmm. And, and well, I, pre- Paul- I appreciate Colin Miller. But well, Jeff Paul in that article appreciated Colin Miller quite of course, a bit too. Yeah, quite a bit. But no, but so he's done. A, he, I mean, he's done a lot. I think it'll be good for them. It just—it's not as shiny. You know what I mean? I don't think Jeff. Pa- I don't think the name Jeff Paulus is going to draw too many more. Let's say memberships for you know season ticket holders or whatever for for FC Edmonton. Last one, uh, Mississauga um, could be seeing a new soccer stadium yeah. there. Um, going on the theme of Michael's butt, um, there's been a motion. Uh, <laughs> Uh, put through to try to kickstart the process of potentially getting that stadium. I think it's the uh, the supporter group there. Saga City Collective yeah. has done a lot of hard so work. they're they're it the ones past, that are pushing I think eleven to one. Yeah, and the only one person who didn't vote for it was bitter about something or bitter on a local council. Yeah. Surely not. Yeah. So they're saying that this is uh, the, the they wanted to bring it. It's Canada's sixth largest city, which I didn't know that was the case, but I guess yeah. maybe it is. Um, it's where the airport is. In yeah. General. Yeah. So the, 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 it's obviously going to have a, a close connection with York. I, I don't know how close. They must be pretty close. An hour, two hours, three hours away, four. Well, depending on tra- tra- traffic, <laughs> it would be the, it, it would be it would be the, the maybe they could helicopter. It would be the most local north. derby in the CPL for sure. If they get in or when they get in, well, depending on what happens, get into play. Yeah, ex- Hamilton. yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, and then Hamilton will be close by. That'll be a nice trifecta yeah. there. And Ottawa looks to have been confirmed as CPL this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was it's a soft yeah. to go for. It. Did you hear what they did yesterday? I think it was yesterday or today. They released. No. Uh, they released Kyle Porter. Oh, I yeah. didn't even know he was there. Yeah. So there we go. He was one of their many Canadians. He's on his way to Victoria. And we'll be we'll have more Canadian Premier League chat in future shows. We've just kind of put it a little bit in the back seat with the World Cup being on. But Victoria is having their team launch on Friday, July 20th. Yep. So that should be fun. I think it's supposed to be 5 p.m., I think. Yeah, that's what the Lakeside Boys uh, Facebook group event for it was. In a very strange part of the city, it looked to. Didn't look that easy to get to. Like the stadium? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm joking. I'm totally joking. So, uh, I mean, we'll find out, I guess, the name of the team, hopefully, yep, at yep. it. Colours, Crest. Yep. Will we find out the head coach? That I don't, I don't know mm. about that. Really curious to see who it who it might be. Bruce Wilson. Huh? Thomas I do. I do. Could be in the mix. But, oh, that uh, makes sense. Too, I right? don't know. He there's some folk not being happy with what he's done with the Highlanders this year. Right. I, I do know some of the people they talk to or they were interested in, but yeah, we'll see what but happens. You, you can't tell us. I, I guess. We'll see what happens. Oh, okay. Is it you? <laughs> Yes, it's that there. You had it here first. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, another news the U19s. Yeah, talking uh, of like residency coaches, we yeah. mentioned Thomas Neendorf there. Heartbreak. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Under Extra 19s, time. just before we, we came on air. They could have used Thomas then. <laughs> it's the reason yeah. we were late a little bit, too. Yeah. 2 0, extra time loss in the semi finals to LA Galaxy. For me, this was the 19s. Best chance so far to, to land the USSDA championship. They were the top seeds of the four remaining teams. Yeah. They'd looked well. They'd, Thomas, Thomas, you've got me thinking about Thomas now. Theo Bear had been on fire Thomas in the playoffs. Hassel. He had a good game uh, today, but Thomas Hassel, yeah, I was going to mention. The keeper. Uh, he was outstanding. Yeah. He stood in his head today. Yeah. Save after save uh, after save. And the, unfortunately, they missed the penalty. Uh, Michael, uh, Michael Baldissimo missed the penalty. Straight down the middle. Wasn't yeah. a great penalty. Um, so uh, if, uh, you take the, And then Theo Bear, like you said, Theo Bear was just on his horse the whole time. Jonas Hakkinen, though, and Jake Ruby, really? excellent in defense. That's it was good. a solid defensive showing. I know they were the number one seed, and so it feels like it was their best chance. I still feel both the times they made the final in the past were, were better chances. The uh, I want to say 2012 was 2012 the first one. The 2012 and 2016. So 2012, I just felt like really connected to that team because yeah. we watched them play a so lot. much. We watched them a lot. Yeah, so we knew those guys really, yeah, really I well. I haven't seen a residency game this year. Been at some of the training sessions, but I, went, I haven't actually seen a game well, this year. Oh, if you, I went early 2017 the season, in the early in the season, but I haven't gone to, in the 2018 at all. So that team, I felt really could have and should have done or whatever. And then the was it 2015. What's the next one? 2016. 2016. That team, uh, it was 2-1 defeat, right, to Dallas? Yep. They both uh, lost to Dallas. Time, yeah. That was a travesty because they didn't have their best players. And yeah. I felt like it was a real letdown that Alfonso Davies was there. And Baldissimo's older brother today. was there. I'd have flown him in. Yeah. If we can fly him to Russia to speak in the World Cup you stage, can we can fly him to Kansas. Yeah, today I didn't feel as disappointed as I did in 2016. I was gutted for the lads. Rich Fagan and the team had done so well. See if they can get a bronze medal at least, but Rich it's is been a, a good season. Rich is a really great servant of the club. Yeah. And just last like thing we want to mention is TSS Rovers have one home game left of the PDL season. Wednesday? They can still finish second. Yep, Wednesday, Seattle, Sounders under-23s come to town. 
If you can get to Swan Guard, seven o'clock kick off. Send the boys off with a, a big crowd, and they've been playing some nice football the last few so weeks. Daniel Sagno has been on fire. Only, let's, only let's, one team makes it to the playoffs from the division. There's there's three divisions. Okay. The three division winners go through, and, and the, the best, best place second oh, okay. place team. So that unfortunately will not be TSS, even if they finish second. Let's go feast on some wild boar. On the Rovers. But that is it for this week's episode of the show. Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. For me, it's at Zachary AM, and I'm part of the Movement Curver Collective. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Find me on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. And read our stuff on AFTN.ca for all your Whitecaps, World Cup, chat. We've got some interviews coming up this week and a lot more besides. Thank you for being with us these past two hours. Hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll be back at nine o'clock again next week. If you tuned in for Transcendence, he, he <laughs> forgot to mention that at the start. He he wasn't on this yeah, week. Yeah, I'm sure they're still tuned He's in not back that. for a couple of weeks. He's back in two weeks' time. <laughs> so next week will be the next last one we're doing. Yeah. Hey, we didn't talk about the draft. Oh, yeah. How's the, how's the draft going, Steve? Um, I think you've clinched. Have I won the $1,000? Yeah, I guess so. Oh! Wait, have it's we, your thousand dollars. So has, really, you just can't has be the Sunday night show won yet? Is that clinch? I think that's I, close I think, to being I clinched. Stephen and me have possibly clinched. It. I yeah. just hope it's nine points or less. <laughs> 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 the, the differential. Always ten now. I, th- I think. I think basically, Joe has to have the England win the World Cup. Uh, he has to have Harry Kane win the thing, and basically, we have to get the most minimum points, and then they win. But I don't think they can win. But I haven't calculated fully. Just, uh, I hope you appreciate my contribution to the victory. Anyway, until next time, thanks for listening. Take care and more Croatia. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Mm-hmm.